Hello, my fellow Westorians. It's Monday. Welcome back to another spoiler-free review of House of the Dragon. This time, of course, it's episode 7. We're streaming less than 24 hours after the episode airs, and we have had no advance uh, screeners or anything like that, so we're right there with y'all. Spoiler episodes, of course, take place on Saturdays at 3 o'clock Eastern. You can catch those live or always catch the afterwards, the the replay of the live stream or catch it on podcast version on places like iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Music, and of course our home base Spotify, and the videos are always on YouTube. Make sure to check out our synopsis videos before each live stream. That's always importante. We wrap it all up. We tie it together and try to succinctly let y'all know what we believe happened in the episode to the best of our ability. And here we are to discuss it in greater detail. Sean, what are you uh, what are you drinking today? Any special dragonish uh storm brewing blood and fire valerian beverage anything like that? What do you got? That's pink again. You got 2 weeks in a row of pink. Yeah. A lot of times the different things I mix together come out pinkish and purplish. This is the strawberry bang with the blue voltage Mountain Dew and the naked berry protein drink. Look at me. I got pink as well. I got a pink grapefruit sparkling ice. Ugh, grapefruit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Dragon Lord Eric the Evening Shade, Lord of the Groves and Defender of Stigai, Rider of Ixodes Scapularis, the Bloodthirsty, a dragon with purple scales and wings, red underside, black horns, and green eyes. Notably lacking in that large gathering of dragons is a purple dragon. So, <laughs> you know, maybe one day. <laughs> Let's start off with our three by three. Last week on Facebook, we did our usual poll. Emily Carey took it down. I'm sorry, not Emily Carey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Olivia, it was uh, Emma Darcy took it down. I didn't even have the right uh, continuum act- the actor there. So <laughs> all wrong there. Yes, Emma Darcy took it down with her fanta- with their fantastic performance. Really excellent starting off with the, the pregnancy scene and then carrying on throughout the whole episode. Also notable mention... Uh, goes to, uh, you know what? I forgot to pull up the poll here. I'll have to pull up that later, but there, always check out our polls on Facebook and uh, vote who you think the best performance was. This week, I will say Olivia Cook. I was very impressed by her, her explosion of frustration after being pent up for so long, her ability to portray her contempt and stare daggers is somewhat unparalleled it's all it's funny that she needed to grab a dagger because <laughs> she can shoot them out of her eyes i mean i don't think she needed maybe she just you know <laughs> the more daggers the better you know <laughs> uh what about you sean who did you pick i pick olivia cook as well that that moment you know i sometimes i don't know if we're being fair because she's got such a good moment to perform right some of the actors don't don't get that um but hey she got it and she nailed it that was in addition to the dagger staring, just, I mean, the lip trembling, the kind of the range of emotion she's going through too, because it's anger, but she's also maybe ashamed and disappointed in herself and shocked at what's happened. And it's just such a swirl of all sorts of emotions. It's hard to imagine what's going through her mind. Although less hard when you see her acting, you can, you know, stir over it quite a while after the fact. Right on. Shay, what about you? 
I think we're unanimous again this unanimous. week. Unanimous. I'm not going <laughs> to censor myself or hold myself back because you guys both said Olivia, but I'm saying Olivia too. She was particularly good. We've said Emma last week, so it just feels fair is fair to say Olivia. But I also want to give a special shout out to all the kid actors yes. who like that's a, that's a hard hard day's work as i'll say there like especially them getting bloodied up and beaten and dealing with like cgi dragons and having to pull it off so a a hearty shout out to all of those younger kids yeah it's a nice time to remind us that the kids had it real hard this episode they had it hard last episode but this one in particular and it probably won't get much easier for them there's a lot of pressure put on them a lot of things they don't understand a lot of ambitions that are above their heads a lot of just people not treating them the way they would expect it to be like uh, the kids are at home at Driftmark and they're not they're still being treated like bastards not, not even there can they be treated right so but in real life Shay, you you were taking note of all their excellent behind the scenes footage where they're just dancing and playing and it's a reminder that those kids the fictional kids are having a hard time but the real kids they're having a blast <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed the kids are always dancing behind the scenes a real dance of the dragons um, behind the scenes the kids are all right yeah, I've been uh, sharing some clips to a History of Westeros TikTok. If any of y'all are on TikTok, we're the History of Westeros, and we've had some uh, pretty big hits the last couple weeks on there. So that's been cool. Yeah, we're new on TikTok, uh, but it's a fun place to share short videos just like these. This is a perfect place for that. So yeah, why not? Um, I did look up our Facebook poll from last week while we were chatting. Second place, it was first place Emma Darcy with 41%, which is pretty high. One of the higher vote counts we've seen. Uh, second place was Olivia Cook. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Blon- Nana Blondell was second place with 13%. That's Lena. Se- a third place was Olivia Cook with 12%. And then honorable mention goes to both Matthew Needham and Ryan Core. That's Laris and Harwin. Uh, they did pretty well in the voting. All right. Let's keep it rolling. Highlight plot scene. I'll say the aftermath in the hall. It's the same thing we're praising olivia cook for most of all even though she had a lot of fine moments in the episode that one in particular it's the culmination of their relationship all the anger they have towards each other all the frustrations all the built-up wrongs perceived or otherwise just coming together in this really impactful climactic moment that's been foreshadowed as well as shown on trailers like this scene was shown to us in the trailers one of the earliest scenes we saw so we knew it was coming and it did not disappoint uh, Shea, what about you? What do you have? I really liked um, the kind of wake, the reception mm. after the funeral, where everyone is kind of just making these glances at each other, and Rhaenyra is kind of circling the group, trying to listen in to some conversations between Viserys and Damon, and she's very focused on Damon in that scene but you also get like these shots of like Alicent you know mean mugging her and I just a lot of really good facial reactions there but the highlight of that little section to me was was Jace confessing like I do know and I think we should be in Heron Hall mm-hmm. and then him going to go comfort Bela and Reyna. I really wanted to see more scenes with these young kids. So that was a, a huge highlight for me. Yeah. Rhaenyra, she's almost like a ghost in that scene. Like yeah. no one was looking at her. She was just kind of floating through the crowd. And it's really neat because of her status and everything. But like the lack of even only a couple of people even looked at her. Sean, what about you? Is it Real quick, I want to say a couple things about that scene. Because cool. I also appreciate it and almost picked it as mine. But uh, 
I, f- I felt like Renera was looking for allies in that crowd. She's trying to figure out and, and not finding them. She's not trying to figure out who can I go talk to that won't turn me away or be ashamed or whatever. Um, and uh, I also thought that when she sent Jace over to talk to the the sisters that what if Allison had sent her sons over to talk to those sisters? Ooh. You know, that <laughs> interesting. it, it might have been a, the more tactful, appropriate bonding thing to happen. And she's not doing that. Although those boys might have screwed it up too, I yeah. don't know. But uh, <laughs> the idea of peace bet- on, from Allison's side, I think, is long gone. And if Rhaenyra mm-hmm. had any thoughts of peace, they're now gone too. I think maybe they faded a little bit after Allison's, but not long after, if if so at all. I, I think you're right, but I think at that funeral there was like this hope. There's this chance yeah. someone might find some reconciliatory. It's worth a try. Or <laughs> but yeah, but Allison did not try. And again, Aegon's just getting drunk anyway. So yeah. that was <laughs> doesn't look great, does he? And there's that moment like, what if, where what if? Oh yeah. What if uh, Amond and uh, is it Bela that didn't have her own dragon? Raina doesn't have Raina a dragon doesn't have yet. She's one trying Sorry, to hatch her mixed last up. time. Yeah. If, if they could have bonded over that, maybe. And yeah. it maybe would have stopped Amon from trying to take Vagar. Like, it's mm-hmm. possible that those kids getting along better and the parents angling for that might have caused things to play out differently. Maybe it's inevitable what's going down here, but what, I, I can't help but think about what it. What were you going to say, Shane? I was going to say there's this, like, subtle moment where after Rainy has kind of shut out Jace from comforting Bela and Reyna. Like, she has Jace turn around. Like, she really rejects Jace right there, which we'll get into a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But after she does that, and Jace turned around, Aemond comes sidling up and, like, makes eye contact with Jace, and then they stand across the, the brazier together and, like, look down, clearly thinking, in my opinion, about Harwin Strong, about how he lost his father to a fire. And I think Aemond is really close to to saying something to him about it but to say that would be to also insult him to acknowledge his loss and so they just have this 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 moment that sits between them that i thought was just really yeah. heavy and like uh, such a uh, what could have been type moment like that's the moment where like yeah, exactly. if Amon had said the right thing right there they could have bonded but realistically anything Amon said jace would have bristled at i think yeah, especially because he's in he a bristly mood. Everything was like even yeah. even the Vayman's speech was aimed at him. Even he was, yeah. he was getting poked yeah. at in the eulogy. I mean, like what a thing for a child to have to endure, right? He he might have been Amon might have been able to find the right thing, especially because uh, again, I I don't remember which one it was, but Bela I think took Jace's hand when he went over to them. You know, that was a little touching. It showed that they're they're, they're the kids are. Trying to relate and bond to each other, but but clearly it's not happening now. Like not only are their parents at odds, but they're going to different places, and it's kind of sad. But anyway, my uh, my favorite moment is is that it, for similar reasons to why you picked the wake of the funeral share to those glances to all those people looking back and forth at each other. You got a very similar thing at the end, but the the powder keg exploded in that time you know we're like looking at the powder keg in the beginning <laughs> yeah. but the the fuse hasn't gotten to its end yet <laughs> and it did at the end and uh, so it had a similar sort of tension and sort of this multi-interactive you know all these different uh relationships being featured but then you actually get the the boom so. yeah so highlight dragon bit i was tempted to pick just the shot of all of them together because we've never seen so many dragons together but I, I got to go with Vagar blocking out the moon because that's also a moment in Fire and Blood. Visenya 
flies Vagar over the, past the moon. And for a long time, we thought Vagar might be red because we didn't know what color Vagar was for like 25 years almost. George kept it <laughs> hidden before finally making her green, which kind of tells you where she ended up a little bit. Maybe you could consider her color to be foreshadowing. But in that moment, in, in described in Fire and Blood, when Visenya flies Vagar past the moon, it says the moon like was said to be as red as blood. So it was like, well, I guess Vagar might be red. But nope, that's not the case. So either way, it was it was awesome. Uh, Shea, what about you? Something Vagar related? Yeah, it would. <laughs> it, it would definitely be the the, the, the Vagar claiming scene. Aziz was like, you can't just choose that because it's long and everyone will choose it. But <laughs> I think I can choose that, actually. And I you can't, can't tell you what to do. <laughs> but no, I think it was... Um, Aemond riding on Vagar, but I, I guess my if I had to pick a favorite moment from that sequence, it would be when Aemond lands back on Driftmark, and he just crushes the landing where everyone was just doing that little wake ceremony. I don't know if you guys caught that, but when he lands, he just the little, tent you know, the little pavilion, uh, he, they just crush it yeah, underneath yeah. him, which just shows yeah. to me that like he doesn't have full control over this dragon. He's is new to him. I, I, it was it was on purpose that they made that decision. So I, I guess I'll, I'll shout out that. Right on. It, it does also show how big and powerful the dragon is. Like without noticing, it can just kill ten people. Like if people had been yeah. there, they might have just been crushed. It, and it harkens back to when Damon did that with uh, Syraxes when he was like <laughs> crushed that going in to rescue his people and kills one of his own people. Mm-hmm. That it's just collateral damage when a dragon did you comes call, to play. Did you call Caraxes Syraxes there? Caraxes. Yeah, Cyra- that's their Sorry, ship name for the two dragons, Cyrax and Caraxes. Cyraxes. <laughs> I, I do pick the moment, though, when all the dragons were together. Oh, I cool. thought, wow, that's just impressive to think about. You know, just uh, foreshadowing uh, the lake uh, where there's all this like anger and built up yeah. like po- foreshadowing of war. It's like, well, this is what's going <laughs> to, these are the weapons of war just sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's not even all of them, right? No. There's at least a couple others. Yeah. And, uh, and I also like a little piece of me is thinking logistically about how much dragon poop is there, <laughs> eating all those dragons. How much is this costing the Valerian? He wasn't thinking about any of those other things, just the dragon I'm poop. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> there was dragon poop in this part of, of Fire and Blood. There was Joffrey in the book. It's Joffrey instead of Bela and Reyna in this scene where they fight over Vagar after Vagar is claimed. And Eamon pushes little Joffrey into a pile of dragon droppings <laughs> as part of their, like, scruff there. Yeah. <laughs> I would say this episode may have had the best dialogue of, of all the ones so far, which is really saying something. Yes, saying something. Ha. Uh, it's a debatable, of course. Your mileage may vary. But it was definitely the most quotable in terms of the, what they used to quote, in terms of what was used in trailers and teasers. There's a number of things we've been hearing all season long that finally happened in this episode. And we'll point those out as we go through. I did. I made a point of doing that in our synopsis episode as well, but there's probably a couple more in this one. Let's talk real quick about some themes, some things we noticed that are patterns, themes, uh, things recurring throughout the episode, taunts and responses. That's one you noticed, Sean. That's a good one. Blood in terms of multiple meanings of blood, literal blood. Blood is in terms of family. Uh, legacy and how that ties into blood and how it stands alone inspiring fear especially to prevent your enemies from striking at you uh, like as a as a way to stop them from ever wanting to come after you in the first place Uh, this was one of the first scenes they shot 
the and throughout the entire run of of the show, which maybe is why some of the quotes were used. Maybe they were just really fired up. You know, they were like, "All right, we're finally writing this," and it was some of their best work right away when they had it all built up. I don't know. But that was an interesting thing that this was like the first thing that they really filmed, which helps show the estrangement between everyone because they hadn't all the actors hadn't gotten comfortable with each other yet so like it, i think it really worked in their favor it's kind of clever to film the scene early because they they used that un, like they don't know each other it's hard to like fake that i mean they are professional actors so they're good <laughs> at that but still they didn't have to fake it as much here which makes it even more natural um we could also say there's a lot of rejecting diplomacy overtures for peace that just don't really work or are only temporary at most like Viserys yelling at people it doesn't really we don't really think that's going to last it's just more of a temporary measure when he's like all right stop fighting he's like okay well as long as you're around okay but <laughs> once you're gone to not yell at us what's going to happen <laughs> and in along those lines people taking sides in advance of all that like preparing to see what when the fighting begins well we already have a great idea at least in a lot of cases of what side they'll take and some particular lines in the sand are drawn in this one, almost literally in the sand, given all the beach that we see. And maybe we could say the old cliche, being what you were meant to be. A lot of people have momentous uh, things that happen in this episode that really define them, or maybe define what they've always wanted to be. Eamon getting Vagar, Damon and Rhaenyra getting married. That's kind of been foreshadowed and it's something they've always kind of both wanted. Um, Allison having her outburst, like Otto, for one, was kind of happy about it, despite him wishing she did it a little differently. He still was happy to see that side of her. Um, and there's other examples, maybe. And Lenor, of course, riding off into the sun's, well, moonrise, uh, <laughs> sailing off into the moonrise, yeah. Uh, being what he was meant to be, right? Just not, he doesn't want to be a royal. He doesn't want to live this life. He wanted to be something else. So, yeah, probably other examples of that. Comment with your patterns themes that you noticed as well as your favorite moments in this episode as sean Ashea and i discuss driftmark almost the entire episode is on driftmark minus the scene on the ship which is just sailing away from driftmark and the marriage which was presumably at dragonstone um like that seemed like a footnote happening at dragonstone it was very cloudy and hazy the way dragonstone usually mm -hmm. is and i'm pretty sure that was the dragonstone maester there uh, also, it would be kind of a weird thing to do with Driftmark. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, we're, we're going to go ahead and get married here at your castle instead of going home, which is the next door island, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because it's not going to look good. People are going to be upset that they got married so quickly. So it's a little bit um, scandalous. Not like a huge deal, but definitely a deal. But we'll talk about that when it happens. Um, when the reaction comes, I mean. So we have a wedding or had a wedding. We had a hunt. We had a tournament. Why not a funeral? Another reason to gather and nothing ever goes wrong when they get the whole family together, right? Especially because the family keeps getting larger, right? The bigger the family gets, yeah, the more peaceful it gets, right? <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Vayman's speech. Let's go back to that. It was really good, though, wasn't it? Despite being rude, <laughs> it was really good. Like he just he's crappy to luke and jace talks about the thickening and thinning of blood and mentions lena's trueborn daughters <laughs> but it was beautiful it was very poetic uh, the, he mentions the merlin king which was pretty cool we'll have to talk about the merlin king separately sometime yeah that is canon that it the valarians are known and i think it's mentioned in fire and blood or world of ice and fire or something like that that they worship or pay homage to the Merlin King. Maybe worship is an extreme term for it. Yeah, but. probably not worship. But yeah, I, I think, yeah, certainly pay homage to or, yeah. They, they respect, have a healthy respect, respect yeah, for the know. Merlin King, enough to know. mention him. It seems like Vayman's attitude is 
given his speech, like Rainey's is. He's more about the actual bloodline than what the histories will write down, which comes to be a very interesting conversation between Corlys and Rainey Slater, which we'll get to in a minute. So we'll come back to that. So many sarcophagi down there, right? There's a lot of those over the years. Yeah. It's like a reef building up of dead Valarians. Yeah, that is what they said in the House the Dragons Built featurette, that they've been dumping these sarcophagi right off the, off the coast of Driftmark for so long that it's built up like kind of a base at the island, like a, like I was calling it like a coffin reef. Yeah, <laughs> coffin reef. That's a good name for it. Which coffin reef. Interesting. <laughs> or sarcophagus reef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's that's cool. Good world building there. Damon flat out laughs. I think we're not supposed to be entirely sure if Luke and Jace get it, but I'm pretty sure they do, especially Jace. I think they get it. I think they get that they're being made fun of, which is, again, I'll point out, this is at the place that's supposed to be their ancestral home, which isn't because they, you know, in a way don't have the Valarian blood, but officially they do. So it's kind of awkward, right? They It's very confusing for kids their age. Um, Although Luke is not yeah, I, super, doesn't Luke isn't really uh, keyed into this yet, is what yeah. they confirm for us after he's like, my father's alive. Yeah, my father's alive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah he. It's true. My father. We still had been alive, wondering yeah. that last week whether you know how keyed in Luke was because obviously Jace knows, but does Luke? And it seems even if Luke has any inkling, he doesn't really know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that even if he knew, he's. I still don't know if he could read through the lines of that speech. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 at that age, I would have just been zoning out. Some yeah, meandering speech someone's making. He might have been like Aegon. Like, like Aegon <laughs> looked so bored. He was like, Ugh. Yeah, Aegon was kind of bored. With the, uh... <laughs> I, I wanted to say, by the way, that I am. Uh, actually, two things. I didn't even consider whether or not Aegon was reading between the lines. He might be too dismissive and also just not really paying attention. And he already knows he anyway. Be... They already like. Yeah. He may, it might be relevant yeah. for him to know that even the people in his own house or in their own house are saying this about them. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, also I, I think I'm with you. I think he just wasn't paying attention. Look at this guy. He's like so checked out. Yeah, <laughs> he was ready to get to the drinking. <laughs> I didn't want to be too contrary. Uh, I, I hadn't thought about it too much either, but I didn't really think the speech was, or I should say, if the speech was beautiful, I was too distracted from his beauty by his rudeness. I want to say inappropriateness. Yeah. You know, it sounded to me like a politician taking advantage of a tragedy to push their agenda. Sure. And to the point that you get someone to laugh, like you got, you know, like, I don't yeah. know. But the question uh, we get here, Lady Starfall, why do we think Damon laughed during the eulogy? What was so funny about what Lena's uncle was saying is because he was emphasizing Damon's true-born daughters with Lena. He's very clearly making a political statement, and Damon thinks that that's funny. I think Vaman wants to test Damon as well. He's trying to sound this out. He's like, well, I think those two should inherit Driftmark over the the strong boys well he wants to see how damon's father is going to react to that he's like well maybe he agrees maybe he wants to help seize on their behalf seize driftmark for themselves or something like that so yeah. he might be testing damon a little and well damon just laughs i, I thought he was <laughs> laughing at the idea that he would push it that far he's like really you're going there okay like jace like, they they were they made a point to show jace re like noticing the laugh i think and and yeah. and you're right they didn't really show much of luke in that moment it was really about jace and and damon and yeah, they, yeah I mean, they literally cut close into Jace's face throughout all of that. I, I was really 
quite happy with how much they focused on uh, Jace's reaction to yeah. to this scene. The children were not uh, left out by any means. They were very prominent all throughout this episode, not just in the moments when they were fighting with each other <laughs> and other stuff. Um, Otto is hand again. They made a shirt to make that. He did the old, uh, his, <laughs> you know, his, uh, his, uh, the whatever the hem. <laughs> 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 very uh, very uh, very appropriate ah, yes i'm back in the saddle again i really didn't think that would happen i really didn't think i mean i knew he would become hand again i didn't really think we'd go straight to him like no preamble i thought there'd be Dragonstone or king's landing before the funeral i didn't know we'd go straight into it but so that prediction of mine was off but whatever um Pretty important. So moving on, uh, Helena's dream. This is something we'll have to think about more. We haven't had a lot of time to, to really think it through, but the line she's saying is hand turns loom, spool of green, spool of black, dragons of flesh, weaving dragons of thread. And then she says it again and then again. <laughs> so I have a few thoughts on Helena and her comments about that. Um, one was obviously it makes you think of the um, iconic green and black dresses. Yeah. The fact that fabric colors are a huge part of this story. How they portray their own loyalty and um, what side they're on. Yeah. But also I had the idea that um, we, we see, we, we do see, very clear different examples of thread in this episode which is them sewing them back up oh. Amond gets sewed back up and Rhaenyra gets sewed back up so they Ooh. each drag that's my call on it that's is that she's one. referring to the fact that they're both each side is being scarred um by this alteration of thread that's a great call because the other flesh was rendered and in sp and it also relates to the her already dreaming about uh Aemond having to close an eye yeah. to take a dragon and that's literally what gets stitched as yeah, well. So we, cause we see, yeah, so we see we see Rhaenyra's arm being stitched right here, as you can see, and then you see Aemon's eye, of course, being stitched. That's up. funny, because at the moment of that one, I was like, okay, I get the eye one, that's a big one, but we don't have to see this stitching, it's just an arm wound, you know? But I think that's <laughs> but why. But now, Ashea has given a very good reason why they wanted to emphasize that. So yeah, they did have a good reason. <laughs> yeah, each side has, side has been damaged by the altercation already. Yeah. Really. However good the reason, I was still like, yeah. oh, my hand. Yeah, you don't like, like oh, needles. over yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's interesting. Yeah, we'll definitely have to think more about Helena's dream there. She's catching a spider in that moment in a shell. I don't know if that's... I mean, she likes catching bugs. She's a bug girl, so makes sense. Uh, don't really know what her... what. I guess she's adding it to her collection or just playing with bugs or... I don't know. Like yeah, I said, it requires more thought. Let yeah. us know what you think of Helena, her dream, and the fact that she's now the rider of Dreamfire. We weren't sure if she had claimed her yet. Pretty, We're pretty sure she hadn't since Eamon was going for her. Now we know for sure she's the rider of Dreamfire because Dreamfire is out there flying. Aegon calls her weird, uh, doesn't want to marry her. Apparently they are not married yet, just betrothed. Makes sense. They're still a bit young to be fully married. I thought maybe there'd be more big deal made out of this that they would, this something that he would have to, she would have to convince her husband of, but nope. Just, they did it. Of note that Aemond calls Helena your future queen. Queen, yes, future queen, queen yeah. which goes to show how, uh, despite everything Viserys says and demands, no one's really listening. People are going to do what they do. Uh, he's not facilitating his uh, dictates, just demanding them. <laughs> and this is evidence that they're not listening to him. They're like, yeah, she, she's your future queen. He doesn't, like, he's what, 10 or 11 here, 12 maybe? Yeah. 
That's a big deal. Um, Real quick, I'm going to say I wonder if uh, Helena catching that bug and she's caught several other bugs already. Mm -hmm. She's studying them too. Loris is associated with a bug now. Yeah. Is she yeah. going to catch him? Is she going to figure out Ooh, what he's doing? Is she going to study him? Is she going to see him? him in a vision? Or yeah. Laris. Yeah, Laris is associated with the Firefly emblem, as we talked about last week. That was confirmed off screen that that is what that weird little bug on his uh, cane is, for anyone curious. A Firefly. Yeah. Well, we have very good reason to think about what uh, she might dream about later. But a lot of that's spoilery, of course, so we shan't yeah. talk about that now. But s tune in on Saturdays for a spoilery prophecy discussion about Helena. Yeah, by then we'll have more to say for sure, as well as the things that we can't say now. So yeah, Aegon, moving on to him, drinking, looking at serving girls, talking about how he likes long legs. Just <laughs> He's just like me, like, for real. Doesn't seem like <laughs> king material. Yeah, like... <laughs> I love him. <laughs> <laughs> he's just draining. Doesn't want to marry so his fast. sister, who's a weirdo. Like, I feel it. <laughs> you think he's trying to escape a little bit here? Like, the pressure and what his mother's demanding of him? You think some of that's, like, for trying to be, you know, sympathetic? I mean, listen, if I was at this funeral, I would be trying to escape, too. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really not I'm not joking when I say Aegon is very relatable at this point in the story. I expect him to regress and be even worse and more degenerate going forward as he grows up and he has the opportunity to take advantage of his position. But he's young right now, so really he's just acting out. Yeah, I don't suppose Otto I, will kick him when he's down when he's a full-grown adult. You know, that's not... <laughs> I try to uh, be fair, right? I try to hold everyone to the same standards. If I'm going to judge one person for doing X, then I'll judge another for doing X. And he's not that different than Rhaenyra hmm. at this age, right? Yeah, that's true. She didn't really care about this uh, expectation on her, right? Yeah. She just, I'm a court, I got my dragon, I'm just here, I just want to have fun. And he's kind of the same thing. Like maybe because he's a guy he has a little more privilege or can be more dangerous or whatever but yeah. fundamentally he's kind of blowing off his responsibilities he doesn't like all this court politicking he just wants to have fun yeah and that's about what Renero was like so yeah um yeah and we haven't seen other things he's done off screen like maybe he's he, he he gives i think off more red flags than than she did at her age but yeah i think you're right I, like ultimately like judging them as just teenagers you can't, not that different um there's there are substantial differences but not like major bottom line differences uh i, I guess but later of course that's likely to change yeah but. i don't know where things are going yeah, you know yeah. i'm i'm unsolely to clarify for viewers out there and i think but. his mom puts a lot more pressure on him than anyone ever put pressure on rainier like viserys ah. was kind of an absentee dad for a lot of times i well i guess I emma more, did but we didn't see it as well much. i would say more pressure she puts more pressure on Aegon like that unfair we've seen pressure. there unfair pressure but viserys telling rainier about that about Aegon's dream Aegon's prophecy okay is a lot of pressure to put on that's anyone that's a let point. alone a teenager to know about like the end of the world like that's gotta really weigh on someone so. sure that's a good point i guess it's a diff very different style yeah. pressure one that's more uh, demanding like she's literally in his face grabbing him yeah. and like you're yeah, stupid no. you know I, I, and being no, abusive no with Aegon yeah. in my like I don't yeah. think it's a it, like, I don't think it's a hot topic for me to say that a hot take to be like 
Allison is abusing Aegon, but she is. Like, she's coming around and slapping him and grabbing him. Like, she was very unfair to him. And, like, why didn't you defend your brother when he was being attacked by all these other kids? Like, I was in bed. Like, like, everyone, like, what are you talking about? That like, that's not me. my fault. Yeah, that one, I sympathize with him there. Like, yeah, he was just in bed where he was supposed to be. They're the ones who snuck out of bed. <laughs> How is he supposed to know? Like, he's not a dreamer. I mean, like his sister. he was <laughs> wasted drunk, passed out earlier that that's night. That's true. He wouldn't and, have gotten up anyway. But, you know. <laughs> he was wasted. <laughs> yeah, they could have tried to wake him up. He's like, oh, I don't care. Bigger. <laughs> it might be better that he was in bed. He might have cut one of those other kids' eyes yeah, he, out. We've seen him like, with a temper. He had been there. Yeah. Like, maybe him being there would have kept it from getting as physical. Maybe. Right? Yeah. Maybe he's big enough and dominant enough that the others don't even try that. But who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe that means, oh, Luke actually is killed because that's, or Jace is, yeah. because that's where it was going. If yeah, Eamon hadn't rock, lost an yeah. eye with that rock, Eamon was about to kill one of those kids. He might have killed Potentially. Him, yeah. You think he was? Yeah. I, think I, he I was, don't think he was really going to smash a head with a rock. I don't think he was going to. I think he might have been. I think he, he was. Been. I think he really felt like he was defending his life, and he wasn't wrong. He was defending his life there because yeah, the knife yeah, was, be- was involved in the mix. Like, I suppose I also would not have expected... Luke to slice an eye out yeah. either. So, you know, yeah. once they're gone and weapons come out, yeah, someone might even accidentally or in the heat of it do it, yeah. And, it, and it's, it's Reyna that starts the whole thing off. Like, Eamon doesn't actually instigate the physicality of it all like he instigated it, it in that he went and took the dragon and, and was insults, rude to them which in this society is them. generally yeah. accept- acceptable reason but to still start Reyna, <laughs> but still Reyna just launches herself at yeah, him yeah. and then he defends yeah. himself but then he I mean he's pretty physical with the girls and all that which will again we'll get more into that yeah, let's come back to that this yeah. was we didn't want to talk about this yeah. just yet let's let's come back to that Bela Reyna Bela Reyna and Jace uh talk about that at the at the wake Rhaenyra sends him over to comfort them first he complains that they should be a strong funeral <laughs> you know, like, I, I love like, his uh, line kind of a fair point yeah. he says I have an equal claim to sympathy yes yeah, again the dialogue so good yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like a really, that's a really good line uh, so they, they end up holding hands though which is nice that's a very nice moment there um kind of a mirroring a bit to the Amond Jace moment where they're not speaking, but you know, there could have been a shared positive moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corlys and Luke comes, uh, uh, have a conversation. Luke has his, uh, Jon Snow moment, doesn't he? Yeah. I don't he, want it. <laughs> I don't want it. That is an exact quote from, uh, from Jon Snow. It's a, uh, it's a dark haired Targaryen thing. Oh, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> dark haired half Targaryen who's actually a bastard who might or not, not be really a bastard, a bastard in John's case, but, but who you knows? Know. Yeah. There, there, you can see the similarities there for sure. <laughs> and, but you gotta appreciate Luke's response. It's like, I don't want it. He's not because I don't want the, the title. It's like, he's like, for me to have that, it would mean you and my dad would have to be dead. I'm like, I'm not really excited to think about that right now. <laughs> granddad <laughs> you know that's what he's saying is like and Corlys is kind of speechless like oh. it's kind of a good point actually <laughs> you'd see Corlys gave Luke a little like seahorse toy too <laughs> yeah shout out to uh where is it eagle 9128 on twitter saying it kind of looks Etruscan which I kind of agree with it like Etruscan art mm-hmm. that's an Italian uh, civilization near Rome and uh but we know Aegon would want that toy because it has long legs so that's that was a really short but meaningful scene um moving on let's talk about the discussion between Coralise and Rhaenys Uh, we'll come back to Damon and Rhaenyra that's all gonna be packed into one section 
as well as Viserys and Damon. Corlys and Rhaenys disagreement on ambition and legacy. This has been kind of an ongoing debate between them, like something that's they talk about off and on throughout the season, and clearly have talked about before the season. You know, throughout their lives. He has the famous line that we've heard many times in trailers and such. What is this brief mortal life if not the pursuit of legacy? She kind of throws it back in his face like, we don't all have the same idea about legacy, right? It's not, we don't all, legacy is not to you, isn't legacy to everybody else. It's a little bit like uh, Harwin talking to his dad saying, you have your honor, I have mine. Yeah, you know, and I would really like to know... I would have loved for Corlys to ask Rainey's when Rainey says, "Oh, well, you know, legacy isn't everything to everyone." Is basically what what, is she, what, what is it to you? Like, yeah. what is important to you, Rainey's? Is it would she have said family? Would she have said love? Like, like what would her answer have been? I don't feel like I actually know. Yeah, she hints at it being more like blood and family, like actual family for, in her mind. What she yeah. defines as actual family, meaning you know. People who are actually descend from from you or whatever, but you know, going into this whole show again, I'm pretty unsullied. I don't know these characters or all the events that go down, and I for some reason have in my mind that Corlys is going to be a, a heroic protagonist character. But in the trailers, they had him saying that line, and I was immediately turned off and like. I don't like that mentality. I like that someone who thinks that the only point of life is the pursuit of legacy, not happiness or friendship or the safety of the people for whom you're responsible of when you're in this position. Like there's a lot of other things in life beyond your legacy. And if that's really driving him, it made me worry that he might be a warmonger or he might not take care of, good care of his kids or all these other things, which are playing out to be the case. <laughs> she she sure flat and, out accuses him of that. She's like, you're the one you tied yeah. our children into this danger. Yeah. And and kind of calls him out too for using her as a scapegoat. Like like you want this, you're using. I'm over it. I'm not worried about being queen anymore. And she's told you're him that before. She's told him that before. Yeah. And so the fact that she still has to tell him again means that he still is pushing this agenda or not being fair to her or whatever it is. He, I feel like he's flawed. In yeah. Multiple. Ways. But I side with him but, on on saying no. You should just let Luke inherit Driftmark. We shouldn't cast this shadow and throw this thing at you. How do you feel about that? I, I was a little perplexed because it seemed like she was challenging him. She's like, look, legacy is not the most important thing. But also, I want my kid to get this island. <laughs> like, well, hold on. I thought you just said legacy <laughs> wasn't the most important thing. I was, I was a little perplexed by how she, she – I was maybe disappointed because I thought she was going a different way. I thought she was saying, look, stay out of war, stay out of politics. Let's focus on – and instead she's saying – Let's stir up the politics. Well, I mean, Let's make it worse. Which is where I you think know? she's saying he was mad about that. legacy is an important blood connections matter. And I want my blood connection to be set up for the future, for the next generation, which you could call that a different form of legacy if you want. But yeah, like maybe mm-hmm. it's just a f- different flavor of it. But it does seem like a difference to me. The idea of her being like, I want... These girls who I have a connection with because I look at them as my granddaughters who have a home and feel safe and whole and ha- like maybe like that's her thought there and to be set up in life. Whereas she doesn't think of her grandsons as her grandsons. Like she just doesn't think of them that way. And you, you get that very clearly when she, like I said, when she goes to talk to Bela and Reyna and she just is very cold with Jace to the point that Jace feels mm-hmm. like he has to turn around to give them privacy. That's when that supposed to be his be, grandma. That's supposed to be his grandma. Like that's how cold Rainey's is yeah. with him, which is yeah. not 
a laudable thing and it very much gave me shades of like Catelyn Stark rejecting Jon Snow Again, Jon and how Snow he would have felt. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a lot of Jon Snow vibes. Time, but still. Um, I, I similarly expected Rainey's to be a little bit more protagonistic, heroic of a character and There's she's no good trying guys. to marry her 12-year-old daughter off to a 40-year-old <laughs> man. She's like, you're not treating her grandchildren well. Like, I'm disappointed with her too. <laughs> uh, you know, let me ask something. It seemed to me in that moment whether this was her intention or how well she had thought it out, if what she wants to do is, I don't know, disregard the legitimacy of Rhaenyra's kids so that her kids can get Driftmark, that's aligning her with Alicent, right? Not um, not overall, but in that one thing. I don't think she wants yeah. to override. I think Corlys was well, informing her that... I think she's that... trying to align with Alicent, but she may end up she... doing it if she if she pushed that. It seemed that Corlys shut it down I anyway, think it's but... notable that I'll, cu- I'll put a shot here of during the dagger fight, Vaymond is kind of over by Alicent's side, <laughs> yeah. and so I think it does show that yeah. the succession dilemma, the succession conflict here on Driftmark does serve Alicent's interest. It mirrors the succession crisis over the Iron Throne. These are, yeah. It's one of the big mirroring elements yeah. this, of this episode. It's the same issues at Driftmark. This is, a, this is like the appetizer for the bigger succession struggle. And, yeah, and uh, as well, uh, the children just constantly they're victims here right there's all these political decisions that they had nothing to do with nothing no choices made by them they're just concessions of morality and ethics that lead to worse outcomes for them um, Rhaenyra's choice to live her life her way is part of this so is just the the standard politics of Westeros so is <laughs> the violence of Allison so is the choice of Viserys to marry Alicent in the first place, so is Otto pushing her towards that. So is yeah. This, Can I just say how funny it is to me, like that the wedding scene at the end with Damon and Rhaenyra, because like the kids have just gone through like this very traumatic thing. Oh yeah, and then like they have, then they see this weird bloody marriage ceremony, like on this misty cliffside, while they're they're each each of their parents just like make out open mouthed with each other, After slicing their lips of, open, and like what like, the hell is bloody this? Mouth. Like, it's yeah. just, hey, kid, let's go to the horror movie. I mean, wedding. Yeah. One has just lost their <laughs> grand their their mother and their father. The others lost, and uh, one's lost mother and uncle. The others lost father and. Fake father, father yeah. and father it's and like, aunt. Just a weird <laughs> moment for these kids, and I would like to get both sides of these kids' perspectives on the Damon Rhaenyra marriage. Yeah. I would really like to, to see what they think of their new step-parent. Yep. Yeah, I would like to see that, too, and I hope we get that, although we're going to have a time jump, so we'll, we'll see that as them being much older. Yeah. So um, we'll see. I wanted to point out also, Aziz, that it's a little extra ironic, frustrating, tragic or whatever that these parents using their kids as pawns were themselves used as pawns by their parents. Oh, yeah. And they didn't learn a lesson. They're still doing it. Yeah, yeah. So another, one other thing about Rainey is just to emphasize maybe why she cares more about strict actual bloodlines rather than what's written and what the histories will remember like Corlys does is she's Targaryen. They've always emphasized like how important the real bloodline is because of it, it ties to their dragon riding. Of course, these non-grandchildren of hers are already dragon riders. So that, you know, but still, it's the she doesn't necessarily have to make that connection in her mind. That's just why 
to, to her it might matter more to her because she comes from a background where that's emphasized i mean and, and you put yourself in rainy's shoes you look at these two little girls that just look just like their mother your daughter who just died and then you look at these <laughs> these boys who look nothing like your son and are or, remi- their mother, and, or, yeah. their, or their mother and are a reminder <laughs> of this marriage that you weren't really super pro in the first place yeah. it's not surprising to me that she's so cold but it is disappointing nonetheless i would i would like rainies to rise above it all and see that these little boy like like she knows that jace just lost harwin like she knows that and she still doesn't care doesn't that sympathy she doesn't well, have her, we can assume her opinion on a lot of things is going to change because after she says this now she thinks Lainor is dead, unless they're going to tell her, which is possible. We'll come back to that later. And Vagar has been claimed by Aemon. So, like, a whole lot has already changed since she uttered that line. So we can we can maybe already guess she's changed her mind or at least feels differently about it, given several important things happened after she said that. Hope, oh, and hope, Damon and Rhaenyra are getting married. Just yeah, I hope she's like, good. oh, Jason Luke defended you, Bela and Reyna? That, yeah, you know what? That could help. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> They stood up and, you know. Anyway, so let's talk about Vagar getting claimed. Yeah, Aemond, uh, not the best kid, but that was brave as hell, right? <laughs> like, it was really cool. Like, in that moment, it was awesome. I mean, look at this shot. That is awesome. Just the, the fire getting ready. He knows the fire is about to come, but he stands there and gives those commands, learned, you know, gives, says what he's been taught, the high Valyrian words. He says soves, which means fly. He says lakiri, which means calm. And of course, um, Aziz knows that all from uh, doing the uh, Drakari's AR app. Yeah. He's been he's been practicing his dragon taming. I remember this the phrase Valar Doheris. He says Doheras, Doheras, which Do- is serve. Doheris, Doheris, <laughs> serve, serve. You know, obey, obey. I think it might mean obey, like you know, like like heal. It's kind of like same yeah. realm. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like telling a dog to like take notice. The standard command to a to an animal. Yeah. So that was that was really cool. Uh, yeah, that was it was super fun, right? Like. Taking it as by itself, just as a slice of TV, super awesome. Just the dragging in the water, the wings in the water, the moon. The it had all a range of excitement and emotions. It was fear. It was danger. It was silliness. When he's just like, whoa, it was like a cartoon there for a second, you know, whoa, whoa, you know, <laughs> excited. Like it, the full range. I was not disappointed. We as book readers. We knew this was going to be a big deal. It's why they didn't show Lena taming Vagar so they could save it all for this. Like, presumably, that's a big part of why they didn't do that. And they didn't show a lot of Vagar before at all, just to kind of save it for this. Also, because it's really damn expensive to make scenes like this. It's probably part of why they put it at night. It maybe saved them a few dollars. Uh, a few dollars, yeah. I would <laughs> a few say million yeah, dollars, a few so. million. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but, and, and Eamon, just you think about his personality. This is like, however old i don't remember exactly how old he is here but he's kind of raised with a chip on his shoulder right he's we've already seen how he's been mocked by all these other kids although not by bela and rain he didn't know them um but he's the second son on the wrong side of a successive situation so he doesn't have a dragon he's kind of low on the totem pole a lot again a lot in common with damon Far down in the line of succession, a second son, kind of a little bit violent, a little aggressive, a little bit mocked. I don't know if Damon was mocked when he was young, but still. He feels like he has a lot to prove and not a lot to lose. Yeah. Oh, good point. Yeah. Well said, Sean. Yeah. You might so, call him, and Otto did, a rogue prince. A rogue prince, just like <laughs> Damon. Yeah, Damon himself, a rogue prince. So we're seeing more and more similarities between the two, burgeoning. Uh, obviously, Damon's a lot younger than Damon, but even their names, like, just take the D... Put it in front. It's the same name. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so they're kind of mirrors of each other in a lot of ways. And that's just shaping more, coming more and more into play. Uh, and now they're on opposite sides more definitively. 
he might have a little anger over this too. That was his former wife's dragon that he took like a, the same day of her funeral. I mean, yeah, you can I say mean, the dragons are kind of up for grabs, but that's still kind of a shady thing to do. The day of the funeral. I mean, know? Damon slept with another woman the day of the funeral. So, well, <laughs> I would say two wrongs don't make a right. But good point. I mean, it, yeah, like, but you're totally right. Damon, I'm not, I wouldn't say Damon's a good guy. <laughs> He's a great character, uh, but not a good man. <laughs> also, Damon is a grown man. Rhaenyra is a grown woman. Yeah. They have more awareness and experience of the impact of their actions. This is a little kid who's getting bullied for not having a dragon. Hey, I'm going to get this dragon. Like, it might not have been like the most appropriate thing, but you don't expect 10 year old kids to do the most appropriate right. thing. Right. right? Especially 10 so, year old kids I, raised I, in these circumstances. I think you, right. I think it is reasonable to expect. 30 year old royalty to do the right thing they are supposed to and they right? never and do they're but... not. right and so if they do if their parents aren't why in the world do you expect this yeah kid you really to... can't you're totally he right. definitely wasn't doing it to be mean to anyone right yeah. he he if it had crossed his mind he might have thought like maybe it's supposed to be her dragon but i don't care i'm doing it anyway yeah. and that's totally reasonable for a 10 year old maybe even a 30 year old right like even even otto was like hey I'd give up my eye for a dragon too, you know, like yeah, yeah, never yeah. mind, like upset someone, some little girl's feelings, get your dragon, dude. You know, I, I'm not saying he necessarily did the right thing, but I don't think he was an evil, cruel. Person I agree. It was, it was rude. I like that's, you know, it was, it was inappropriate. Yeah. I mean, of course the fighting afterwards is a lot worse, but that's, we're, we're not talking about that yet. We, to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also a good example of like, he, it's like his personality flips, like a switch flips in his head. Now he goes from the one picked on to I've got the biggest dragon in the world. It's all, it's a, the old saying, absolute power corrupts absolutely writ on a child. Like he just went, like a child shouldn't have this level of power. And he, he's immediately flexing it, grabbing rocks, throwing insults, you know, and they're fighting him too. You know, I'm not saying it's all his fault. Although I think if I had to take a side, I would pick the little kid's side. Um, the little kid, I'm like, they're all little, little kids. The, little, the littler children. <laughs> are we are, are we to this point now? Are we talking about We are this, uh, to this point, yeah. Reyna, it starts off with Reyna being upset, confronting him, saying that's, you know, I was going to claim that track. He's like, well, you should have. This is At that point, it's very standard kids yelling at each other, like they're fighting over a toy. But we've seen yeah. what happens with kids fight over toys in this world. Sandor and Gregor, for example. This is very <laughs> similar to that. <laughs> the end result was someone's face Can getting I maimed. Tell you, when I was a little kid, I got in a big fight with my cousin who was a year older than me. I had a plastic pig. Like, I, I have this plastic pig a now. A pink dread? Uh, a pink dread. I had the <laughs> pink dread, this, like, toy pig. And we were fighting over the computer access. I was supposed to have PC. Like, it was, we had a computer room, you know, like, as you do when you're at that age. Yeah. You have a computer room. And so it was my turn. And my cousin wouldn't give it up. And I really felt that it was my turn. So what did I do? I grabbed my pink pig and I hit him with it. <laughs> like I was, it was like a terrible thing that I did. And my grandma. And this is when you were like 20 years old. Yes. No, I was about <laughs> eight and he was about nine, seven, eight, nine, yeah. eight, nine. Right, so like yeah. around this age. So like I hit him with my, my hard plastic pink pig and he starts crying and my grandma comes in and she says, well, what was, what's wrong? And I, t we each tell our story. And my grandma goes, well, you should have listened. That was her. That was her <laughs> lesson to us was not like, oh, that was a terrible thing you did. It was just you should have listened to her. It's kind of like Viserys. Is, he didn't say you should have listened. He just is like, this shouldn't have happened. The kids fight. You yeah. Know? yeah. Like, yeah. Like that, like, that really was the end all be all. Of it was it. Like, they just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I knew I got to deal with this, but I don't really want to. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 
Go ahead, Sean. You had a lot yeah. of things to say here. Yeah, my th- I, I I watched this. I watched the episode three times, and then watched this scene two more times because mm-hmm. I uh, Rita was even kind of like, "Why does it matter? They're all doing the wrong. They're all going to kill each other. It doesn't matter who <laughs> it is, started it's, it." It's, like, it's, it's ominous, but, right? These are children fighting, and you know that when yeah. they're adults, it's just it could probably be a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know for for whatever reason, I felt like I wanted to know, or it might be a point of discussion, like who was at fault or who started it or whatever. And and I do think that they were all doing wrong, bad things. But Amon, for the most part, was just defending himself. Like maybe he was mean, right? Maybe he shouldn't have taken that dragon. And then he like called the girls pigs or whatever. But, but the response to meanness or name calling, I don't think, should be violent assault. And that's what happened. One girl hits him. He shrugs it off. Second girl hits him. No, 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 him, that's not what happened. He hits no, no, her no, back. no, no, that's not what happened. No. First girl hits him, he hits her back immediately, then she hits, then the second girl hits him. Yeah, he, she hit him Re- back, Re- he Re- hit her back right yeah, away. Yeah, Reyna comes Absolutely. for him and doesn't really get him, and Aegon and Aemon kind of like, lays her out, sh- lays her out, shrugs yeah, her out. Like, I thought his response ground. was disproportionate. Yeah. Like he like, does she that, definitely threw the first. Well, well, then, then, yeah, like absolutely. I, said, I watched this like five times. Yeah. I think that he got hit one time by the younger, smaller one. Yes, and just like maybe pushed her he down. He pushed her to the ground. He him. pushed her to the. Then ground. the other girl hit him straight in the face, and then he hit her back in the face. Like he pushed her to the ground with her own momentum coming at him. Yeah, and then got hit in the face. Well, I, okay, so I agree with back. that, Sean. That you're, is you're right. What the happened. first punches I was talking about. The, you're talking about the yeah. shoves, which were almost nothing. The first punch was she. He responded to a punch with a much harder punch. But you're right yeah. that, that he didn't throw the first punch. That's true. But and then after that, he's getting four on one. He's on the ground like poor Kristen Cole getting beat up by <laughs> But these and are Sean. This is an eight year old. A six, this is an eight. This is three eight year olds and a six year old. And he's like eleven or twelve though. He's way bigger. Like you yeah. can see, he got up with all of them on him. He still yeah. got back up. And then he picked up a rock. And that's when I think. Yeah. It went. I, right, it, it took I, a turn. I, I agree. To me, that's a, a turn. turn. Yeah. And and I again, I think they're all doing wrong, bad things. Like he's yeah. big enough and older and strong, he should just shrug this off and leave or whatever, you know. But he didn't go in and hit someone out of nowhere. You know what I mean? No, he, he didn't. Just like, hey, cool, I got a dragon. He maybe was expecting some support and excitement, and instead they're attacking him well, verbally and physically. Well, and he's like, hey, get off of me! I got a rock. Stand back. You well, know? in that he also says, "I'm going to feed you to my dragon and of, of some other." And he remarks. says, "You're going to die screaming," and then he calls them bastards. Which, yeah. of course, that die screaming yeah, like that, that was that's not just an insult. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, die screaming like your father in fire. Like again, not just you're going to die screaming, but they bringing up their dead father, calling yeah. him. Lord Lord Strong, the insults were extreme. I so, think the yeah, yeah, that's one thing you could say is the violence. You can you can argue both sides like they both did wrong, but they didn't say anything nearly as insulting, which is a big deal yeah. in this society, okay. especially among royals and, and especially the particular insults that were levied. And again, I would point out they're kids, and so yeah. even if they shouldn't respond by hitting, they are they haven't learned that lesson. And maybe they also have power to their head. They're riding dragons yeah, too. Sure. Like for her to even assume she's getting that dragon, maybe is a little bit of privilege. Like that was mine. You can't take it. Was it yours? I don't know if it. No, it wasn't anybody. hers. Like, I don't think she had. And a, it's reasonable yeah, yeah. for her to assume that. But it's. I, I think that these other kids probably have a similar amount of arrogance and quickness to violence as drew their parents we saw harwin attack someone we saw yep. allison attack someone like yeah, it's very their similar, parents yeah. are not the best role models so. i really love how it was all set up to the going back to just how vagar's call could be heard throughout the, the the funeral like you could hear her singing and how that was talked about way back in episode two with lena saying like you can hear the sailors hear her call and etc and it's usually aemon who was the one like 
looking around, like paying more attention to it than anyone else. That was really cool. I like that. Um, yeah, I did feel like that was maybe foreshadowing, you know, foreshadowing of the next scene. Yeah. <laughs> and just adding to Jason Luke's frustration here as well, uh, the bastard talk, especially Jace, the, it's been just unrelenting since they got there. Like the eulogy, her grandma not even, or their grandma not even looking at them. It's just, yeah, I, I would feel like this was very pent up as well at this point. Like he's like another person calling us bastards to our face or implying it or whatever. Um, I don't know how, again, I don't know how Luke felt because he said, my father's still alive. So Luke, as we, as you pointed out earlier, Luke is either still hasn't processed it or doesn't fully grasp it, but Jace seems to completely. Yeah. Also worth pointing out that ages, just to be more clear with that, I think, uh, Amond would be about 10 right here. Only had, 10? Okay. I thought he was a little older. We had a time year, we had a 10 year time jump and Allison hadn't had him yet. Um, so That's he's, true. he's got yeah, to be right. only okay. about a 10. Um, whereas Jace, um, is, is also like 11. Like those two are like about the same age, but Jace is a little smaller looking to me. Wait, well, but. Jace hadn't been born the time jump either he should be about yeah he's about the same age as Amon, right. which is what i'm saying, I'm saying they're the same be, age he's not older though where, he's not older i don't yeah. if they are I maybe they're younger. within a few he's months. definitely younger in the book yeah he's definitely yeah. Young. he's definitely he's like two years younger in the than Amon in the book yeah which, but not the case here it seems that they yeah. are about the same age maybe within six months or a year apart would be my guess whereas reyna and bela are about eight years old it yeah. seems mm-hmm. um and obviously Luke which is, they're aged is up like from the book that's about four years older yeah. from this point in the books um just a, just a little yeah uh, and joffrey of course is younger in the show yeah. and older in the, yeah, in the book the one that, joffrey is involved in this he's um, the one that catches aemon first yeah. and and runs off to get his brothers <laughs> but he's no. the one who wakes them up rather than Rather than the girls waking up Jace. So it's very similar. The same Joffrey that Kristan kills? No, no, no. No, young, young, young baby, baby Joffrey. Joffrey. Baby Joffrey. Their brother. Oh, yeah, the yeah, one yeah. who was born last episode. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like five in the book version of this. Okay. Yeah, but he's still a baby here. Yeah. yeah, he's just not uh, not in the episode. That would have been funny if Joffrey Valarian yeah. like, or Joffrey Lon was like, hey, someone's stealing Vagar. <laughs> <laughs> someone's stealing Vagar. <laughs> but if you keep the secret, we'll both probably... Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Getting your plot lines mixed up, Joffrey. <laughs> so yeah, the aftermath. Let's move on to the aftermath of that. Very powerful scene with an even more powerful aftermath. Like, what a run here in this episode. Just back-to-back incredible stuff. Um, what's worse, harming a child or disinheriting one from the royal line? I don't know. That's kind of part of what this scene seeks to ask. High treason is a greater crime, but look at this kid. Like, that feels worse. Yeah, I... <laughs> you know? It feels a lot worse to me. Uh, Heyman is just like taking it in stride, though. He's like, don't worry, mother. <laughs> He's in shock from the pain. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little maybe a little milk of the poppy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it to him or something. Viserys is in kind of a tough spot here. Uh, his son <laughs> lost an eye, but he's not going to accept his grandson losing one. That's not an that's not an acceptable resolution to this. But he also can't accept the accusation that his grandson is not trueborn. Yet it's coming from his son. <laughs> so it's like, ah, what do I do? <laughs> he resorts to his usual tactic: yelling and demanding. <laughs> like, stop yeah. doing that. Or and usually there's no or else. This time there is an or else, which makes it a little interesting. So I have a question for you, Sean. Do you think he's going to follow through on this at some point? Do you think anyone's going to have their tongues pulled out over accusations of strong? There's been a lot of people making these accusations. Are Is everyone just going to shut up now? Or what do you think? You got any predictions on that? What do you think? I don't know. I, th- I thought about it a lot. Like I think I said a couple episodes ago that 
I, I, I felt for, for Viserys because I think what he's trying to do is keep his family and his realm happy and safe. And the problem is it, you know, this question of inheritance, but he prioritizing these bigger picture things and never mind like the, you know, the uh, prophecy or whatever, he's able to turn a blind eye to it. It's like, look, I know that this is like an embarrassment. Uh, it's a, it's a facade, but I'm okay with it. Why can't you be okay with it, Allison? If everyone's just okay with it, then everything's okay. Your kids will be okay. Those kids will be okay. The realm will be okay if everyone's just okay. But Allison and maybe some other people, for whatever reason, they just can't be. And so I felt like that was maybe what he was trying to like. He's got everyone gathered around. He's like, we're all family, right? I mean, like I'm the king and we're all family. You guys kind of have to under do what I say. Who is it that said that he's a bastard? Who is it? Go speak up. And so on some level, maybe he's expecting everyone on the family to be on his side. Like all of you should say, no one, they're not bastards. We'll play this game with you. But they they won't do it. (laughs) It seems like they're mostly willing to, except you got these little kids involved, right? So Amon, he kind of knows not to throw his mother under the bus, which I appreciate. He had sort of an awareness. Like, he looked at her. Like, she's definitely where he's getting it from, right? Like, primarily, at least. You know, maybe other Well, as Aegon says, we all know. Just look at them. Like, it's that's exactly. a big part of it, too. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it was so funny. He Aegon's like, throw his me. mom under the bus. <laughs> yeah. Aegon's already in trouble anyway. He's already supposed to be the king. He probably did hear from Aegon. So, he's like, Aegon. And Aegon, I think, also handled it pretty well. Like, he wasn't really petulant or deny it. Or he's like look dad we all know i mean look look at him like you know like the, it's kind of like he a tries to reason with babes. him yeah he's right. like look, dad, he's, yeah, like, this lie like, is too big for us all to swallow know, yeah. <laughs> and and so then it, it's kind of out in the open I, and i feel like what Vasaurus is doing there like, maybe it's weak maybe he's not doing enough or saying enough but i think he's trying to get everyone to understand what he's doing I'm like look i'll freaking cut your tongues out play my game yeah this is the rule i'm the king this is my game. and if you don't play my game it it turns into war which is one of the very few things i still appreciate about him is that even though he doesn't do much about it other than point to it none of these people seem to see where this is all is leading except to like except for maybe like otto and rainis and viserys of all people and helena and maybe helena (laughs) yeah helena (laughs) the dreamer knows or if they do see it they're not worried about it like they're too arrogant to think think they can win well they also like one of the member one of the themes of this episode is they're both right now doing looking into doing things that will intimidate into the the other into backing down as if that's Mm -hmm. as if that could ever work (laughs) they're both too bought in but they're both trying to scare the other like Mm -hmm. i need to intimidate i need to intimidate yeah keep going sean what else you got so I, I do think it's possible he cuts someone's tongue out, but I don't think he'll cut out his own son or his own wife's tongue, you know? Yeah. yeah. But he might cut out Kristen Cole's tongue or Otto's tongue. I, I mean, I could see sure, someone sure. getting some punishment to be made an example of, but I still, but the fact that, like, let's say that Aegon says it again and random servant boy says it and they cut random servant boy's tongue out. Does that mean Aegon now doesn't say it? No, he feels more comfortable than ever saying it. He knows that he can get away with it. Yeah. Well, so. there's we've talked about this in the idea of the, of the idea of royals having a whipping boy being a thing historically. Yeah. There's a certain element where that can actually be affected if you have an empathetic young royal. Because <laughs> look at Mike Aegon is. Yeah, yeah. If, if you yeah, like yeah. if you cut the tongue out of someone that Aegon cares about who said it, then maybe that does you know, again, uh, my point is that sometimes 
it, that can there's still be a way effective. that being evil can have a good effect what do you call point, this one but the point remains that that aegon could yeah. still be bothered by that even if he himself doesn't yeah. lose his tongue or a person at least could yeah, yeah. i don't know if aegon yeah. is that yeah. person i don't know about that <laughs> what do you call this it's not a whipping boy it's a muting boy yeah yeah oh, man. <laughs> so yeah he he yells as viserys's health declines so does his ability to put energy into solving problems, which he never really put a lot of effort into in the first place. Uh, so there's just too many people here who aren't taking the king's will seriously. And sure, he's yelling now. They're listening for now. But when he dies, there's, he's not going to be able to yell at them anymore. And they're not going to listen. They're not going to they're not going to be like, oh, we better stay with what Viserys wanted after he's dead. Never mind when he dies, just when they go back home. When they're not there in his presence, subject to his authority, when they're in their own castle, do you think they suddenly stop talking about it or wondering about it or plotting about it or whatever else, you know? Yeah, with the thin, so with this thin shield of peace with Viserys keeping this all hanging by a thread, with the so-called gloves coming off, Alicent just outright demands Cole take Luke's eye. Even he won't go that far. I like his response. He's like, I, I, I'm your, protector you're sworn to me yeah you're sworn he's like i'm yeah. i'm your protector not your sworn to protect you i'm not your sworn I'm not protector your not your sworn assassin yeah i'm not, not your, yeah. your tongue and you'll note you know. harold westerling didn't seem to know what he thought was gonna happen yeah there. he looked like, over he, like, at him cocks an eyebrow yeah. and looks at him like what's he gonna say here uh and he was like oh pleasantly surprised or pleasantly pleased by it it seems to me yeah, I agree. More on him in a second, because I think it's really interesting, like, keeping track of what everyone does when when she grabs the dagger. But let's build up to that real quick. Sean, you have something else to it's add? It's also, yeah, just another interesting irony that Allison told Kriston last episode, I've got to believe that decency <laughs> will prevail. And so here his, she's demanding this indecency, you know, it's like a role reversal, like, hey, I'm a... I'll protect you. I'm not going to cut a boy's tongue out. And then it gets worse. You want a decency, right? Then it gets even worse at the end with Lars, but we'll get to that. (laughs) So it's like, it's a really huge culmination. She's been mad at Rhaenyra for so long. All the things she's been mad about since they were girls. And then in between, like all this frustration, resentment, paranoia on top of that, just exploding. It's like an example. It's like, see, my father's right. Like my son loses an eye and nothing's going to happen. No one's going to get punished over this. What else can I expect? Like, if if it was worse, would it have also been no resp- Like, if he had been killed, would they still have done yeah. nothing? I mean, and and she's obviously not thinking completely clearly, but she's got some legitimate grievances here. But a lot of it is just built up grievance from ten years worth. It's not she's not mad only about the eye. She's mad about like a thousand things at once, and it's all coming out at once because she's always been keeping it back. She's always been somewhat composed. Yeah. And she knows that she lost that composure. Later, she laments that loss of composure and, and expresses what a big deal it's going to be for her reputation going forward. But and I yeah, and I think for viewers, that's sometimes where it gets hard too. Is that like in a vacuum? I feel like we should all be very much team. Allison's son just lost an eye. She deserves retribution. She deserves justice. She deserves something for like she's in the right. Not the type of but, justice she wants. But, yeah, yeah, not the type of thing she wants, <laughs> but. In a vacuum, it seems like she's right, but as viewers, we know that she's got other motivations, and yeah. it's really hard for viewers uh, to separate that knowledge and to judge Alicent just for this event, in which, again, 
she's a mother whose child was attacked and lost an eye. I really think she's in the right here, but yeah. she's she is motivated by wanting to disinherit these young boys. Yeah. So we just know it's the same kind of thing, I guess, with, with Otto as the hand of the king, where it's like even if he was giving the right advice, you can't trust him at all. Even if she has ulterior motives, also her son just lost an eye, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think I think she deserves at least some sort of sympathy, or I yeah. don't know, a pass for the day, or something. <laughs> Maybe like she's asking too much to also want retribution. Although many people wouldn't necessarily think, especially in this role, wouldn't think that's asking too much. But even if you think she is asking too much at this moment, you got to understand why she would ask that at this moment. Like not even counting like the years of paranoia and mistrust and conniving among everyone, but just her son having lost an eye, I feel excuses a lot of irrational, inappropriate yeah. behavior. And Otto and does give her a pass. Day, and so does Viserys. Basically, they both yeah, are just they, like, they Otto's do give like, her the pass. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and she felt very bad at the end she of the did. day too. She like she yeah. felt guilty and ashamed over what she had done. She didn't think that there I show them. And she felt like, Oh my God, I can't believe what I did. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, in the big picture, she might turn out to be a villain. She might have some ulterior motives, but I still, I don't know. Yeah. The thing that want to be on her side yeah. when I'm trying to justify her. And that's you know? the core of oh. game of Thrones, right? At the heart of it. We're not supposed to just unilaterally dismiss everything. Someone does is all evil or all good. There's always like something we can sympathize with. Even when at least yeah. understanding, uh, yeah. even if you disagree, you understand why they did it. If nothing, exactly. the thing that gets me here though, that I would like to have seen a little more time spent on is the involvement of Bela and Reyna in this, because mm. they are clearly bloodied up. Like they have clearly been involved in the scrap yeah. and there is a certain amount of chivalry in this world where I feel like it should matter that these two girls were beaten up. Even, even if we saw and we know that they attacked first, I feel like that should have been brought up more, especially by Corlys and Rhaenys, who are def- their defenders here. But it really just seems to get ignored in the shuffle of he lost an eye. He got a broken nose. Mm. He called them bastards. Like, I don't, I don't feel like. Corlys and Rainey spoke up and said, hey, Aemond attacked my granddaughters or said anything clear enough. About I'm not that. sure they had a chance to because Viserys shut the whole thing down. Yeah, like, that's true. Like they may that may have been a natural evolution of the scene if it had gotten to that point. But Viserys is like, OK, everyone's going to bed now. He like didn't allow anything further to be said. Um, but I mean, you're making a good point, but I think, yeah, I think there's a reason. There might've also been some smaller scale, uh, I don't know, airing of grievances before everyone was all together. Right. Yeah, maybe. And, and it might've also been a tricky thing for the writers to fit in appropriately with everything. On one hand, I agree. It seems like it should be a factor, but I can see why they didn't include it on screen. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the actual moment. So yeah, 10 years of frustration boils for, she snatches the dagger. It's kind of interesting that this is that she does that. It's actually, it's in fire and blood, not this moment. But there's other spots in Fire and Blood where she grabs a dagger from a guard and does something. So it's uh, kind of neat um, to see that just used a little differently. It was something that they've been doing a lot of, taking like single lines and, and using that behavior elsewhere to show that maybe it's a pattern. Um, some very important lines. Where is duty? Where is sacrifice? Really well written, very like almost Shakespearean, perhaps. Uh, I say that not knowing Shakespeare very well. It just feels that way. <laughs> and Rain and Rainier has that also very famous response. Now they see you as you are, but she's whispering it. And I think that's intended to goad her further. Kind of like how 
Kristen Cole was goading Harwin. It's a, it's a mirror to that moment. And it shows that Rainier is a lot more aware of what's happening in the scene. She's kind of on top of the moment and realizes that Allison is losing it and is like, I can play this up, make her lose it even more. Because they both know how much is on the line here, perception-wise. Uh, what we call optics in the modern world. Yeah, Allison, as we just described, Allison totally realizes how badly she screwed up there, how badly it looks. Reg- regardless of right or wrong, it looked terrible on her behalf, and she knows it. She at least had, I don't know, ostensibly had the moral high ground, right? Like, But she even, lost. Even, she maybe, kind of threw it away, right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. right. Yeah. She kind of squandered uh, it on the level on, of revenge. She yeah, wanted. she squandered her moral high ground on giving Rhaenyra a scar on the arm. Yeah, yeah. It was an eye for an arm cut, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, needed to be like cut and threaded together. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't, like, solidify her son's position or safety. It didn't get her, you know, yeah, yeah it was, like, pretty much for nothing. And uh, I also thought it was a little ironic uh, that Rhaenyra's line, like, I... I, I, when she says now everyone sees you as you are, I, what what she means is just like the rest of us, right? Because it's not like Rhaenyra is this bastion of morality <laughs> and Alicent is faking it, right? Like they're all fucking screwing up. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> screwing up left and right. And uh, but but Alicent, at least on the surface, seems not to be. Yeah. She's doing everything she's supposed to. Until now. Yeah, and it's part of the goading, I think. She's like, look, everyone, you're, look how embarrassing this is for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which is why she, I think she whispered it rather than yelling, like, now everyone sees you as you are. Because she's like, you you can see that's why I'm saying, like, Rainier and kind of knew what she was doing in that moment. Whereas Allison's just like, if she yells that out, then now she's also bringing herself down a notch. Yeah. You're just doing this to make a point. Okay, you're just as bad as her. But, but she just looks like she's she defending like, her kid. She looks like she's kind of brave, stepping in front of the knife and, and getting cut. And, it, and she's keeping her cool. Yeah. And she says something calmly. Even if someone could hear it, it was so calm. It did know? look good. Yeah, it made Rainier look pretty good in a lot of ways, even though, like, like from a distance. You know, whereas from a distance, Allison, as Allison says, she's like, people are going to think I'm mad. People are going to start whispering that I'm mad. And I was like, yep, they are. That's what they're doing. You're totally right. <laughs> and Otto, there's more mirroring. Otto says in that moment when they talk about it afterwards, when it's just the two of them, he says, you see her as she is. So they have the the kind of back and forth there. She also says the king will continue to have her sympathies. Like I basically forced people to take her side. I made it. I, I yeah. Like you said, she lost the moral high ground there. Um, and Al- Rhaenyra like really effectively refers to Allison's cloak of self-righteousness, which that was a really brilliant line as well. And uh, clearly Rhaenyra has built up frustration towards Allison as well. They're both airing their grievances, but Rhaenyra did it more politically, more uh, smoothly, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm right, moving on to the same scene, but a uh, different angle here. How the interactions fall out, like as the violence breaks out, what people do. It's really interesting to see like how people... Uh, react to it. Rainy steps in front of Bela and Reyna, again showing you know where her focus is. Rhaenyra jumps in front of Jason Luke because I mean the, the threat to Luke is a little more direct there. <laughs> um, knife ordering his eye cut out, then then Allison actually trying to do it. And Damon jumps in front of Kristen Cole as well. Kristen Cole starts moving, and Damon jumps in front, and then some Kingsguard hold Cole back even more. Westerling says stay near the king and does so himself because that's his first priority is like yeah she took the dagger but she's going over there so i'm staying with the king that's my primary duty so that was like his security protocols kicking in i suppose like stick to the king but the factions i can really imagine quick. everyone's a 
Everyone's a little quick to make sure Kristan doesn't flip out. <laughs> yeah, they're like, wait, that guy's the real wild card here. <laughs> I saw what he did last time with just his fist. Yeah, even though it was 10 years ago, still. So, yeah, so, like, it's like the battle lines are drawn here in this moment. It's amazing. Like, you can see the blacks and greens just standing on both sides. Like, only Viserys' thin shield of, of I'm still in charge keeps them from going at it, maybe right in that moment. And it all while the like the biggest weapons of war are being claimed by these two sides. Vagar for the Greens, Damon for Rhaenyra. Like those are the two main like weapons that are claimed for their sides. Uh, Luminia M says, So happy to catch you all live. I love History of Westeros. Well, thank you, Luminia. That's a little shout out from I think uh, Canada there. We've got over 700 people live right now. Nice. Awesome. That's great. Thank awesome. you all. We appreciate worth, those numbers. Worth saying, if Sha- if we get a thousand live, I think we're on tap to have Sean dance on screen. We'll say it again. That's it's true. Only 300 away. It could happen. That is true. That I'll is do true. it for 999. Oh. <laughs> you can, or if I get 700 new followers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Luminia didn't submit a question, but we appreciate the segment. You can always submit questions with your super chats and we will take care of those answers. I think this scene is meant to have a lot of vibes from the Castle Dairy scene in A Game of Thrones, both book and show, where Arya and Joffrey are put on trial and Sansa loses Lady. Death, the death of Lady is very similar to Allison asking for an eye. Uh, if she, if Allison was asking for a wolf to be killed, Viserys might have been like, okay. Uh, <laughs> not if a dragon was killed. Sarah would have been like, okay, weird ask, but weird all right. Ask, but kill I'll a wolf. go find yeah. a wolf. <laughs> I'll make you feel better. Uh, I mean, I'd gladly sacrifice a wolf just to have peace here. Like, that's weird, though. Like, where do we get a wolf? This is an island. Um, <laughs> but uh, so that's real similar vibes there. Also, with the way it ends, Robert just finally just leaves with Ned being like, dude, this is incomplete. Like, you can't just expect this to be justice. And Viserys is like, eh. Viserys ends the show. He ends it a different way. Rather than leaving, he just tells everyone this is over. It's a little more, a little more aggressive, but it's a similar style ending where he sweeps it under the rug. It's a little different form of sweeping under the rug, but it's still sweeping it under the rug. He, he might be sweeping under the rug, but he's making it clear he cares about this. Yeah, that's he's true. Like, You're right. He, you all need to sweep this under the rug. Robert's like, oh, whatever. Ned Do doesn't whatever care. Yeah, Ned, or Robert doesn't care. But and the one of the most, uh, I think, and I have to double check this. I haven't had time to look it up because, again, we have we we do this so quickly after the episode. Corley's comes in and says, "What is the meaning of this?" Pretty darn sure that's exactly what Ned says when he comes in. What is the meaning yeah. of this? Why wasn't my daughter brought to me right away? Because they're already like having a, they're already holding court and deciding what's to happen before Ned even gets there. And Corley, this is all happening in Corley's hall. He's like, what are all you people doing in my high hall, like, doing stuff? Like, I'm still in my pajamas. Like, what is all this? Like, he's so confused, but clearly something big has happened. He probably it's happened twice to Corley's in this episode. Yeah. Like, my house? How many? Yeah, in my, in front of my salad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so this has happened a lot. People push Viserys and there's very little consequence. So this time he does attach that consequence about the tongues, but we already discussed that. Um, moving forward, let's see here. We've got some, let me just run through all these examples of mirroring. Cause I thought there was a particularly high number. Not only was this episode so quotable, but the, the use of mirroring I thought was particularly extreme in a good way. I love mirroring. So that's a good thing. Let me just uh, run through the ones I caught and feel free to comment others. If you think I missed one, 
As Eamon claims Vagar, Rhaenyra claims Damon, and again, Damon and Eamon have so much in common. Damon and Rhaenyra's marriage is a mirror in many ways, as they are so alike to each other, as Damon and Viserys are not. Remember our conversation before about mom always liked you best, Damon took more after his mother, um, Viserys is the firstborn, but you know, Damon was more like his parents. Uh, now they see you as you are, versus you see her for who she is, the Otto line and the Rhaenyra line. Uh, Cole goading Harwin versus Rhaenyra goading Alicent. Uh, Cole's offer to run away with Rhaenyra versus Lanor getting to run away with Carl. Hat tip to Joe Magician for that one. I didn't catch that, but he, he tweeted about that yesterday, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Of course, there's a lot of differences between those circumstances, but it's still pretty similar. Running off together, never being seen again, etc. cetera. Uh, the strong funeral happening off screen apparently is... It's apparently that's going on. Uh, you know, Jace expressed a wish to be there. So apparently there's off-screen mirroring of that funeral happening. And again, those Laurie the deaths said, are by nah. fire. <laughs> yeah, Laurie didn't go to his own family's <laughs> funeral, I guess. <laughs> maybe that didn't, maybe that funeral no. was happening a, a different time, but still. Yeah, I assume the funeral has probably already happened. Like, maybe. A certain amount of time has got to have passed for them to gather everyone up and travel to this other island and put this whole ceremony together. It can't be like yeah. a one or two day thing. No. Definitely. So, You're right. Yeah. A lot of travel. Yeah. I can imagine there's still like some mourning or some aftermath to deal with that maybe Laris should be involved with back at this castle he's the lord of and his father and brother having dead, but he clearly doesn't care enough and and it might have been Jace kind of just like so frustrated that he didn't get to go to the funeral five days ago or 10 days ago or something. But I'm assuming that it's not actually happening at the same moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also just mirroring in characters, Lena and Lenor, Bela and Reyna just being similar and, and having uh, mirror images of themselves and of their families. Uh, blacks, the blacks facing the greens, greens facing the blacks in that moment uh, in, the, in the great hall when they all kind of come together and, and the, the, kind of symbolically take sides there before the real side taking takes place somewhat later. An interesting one I almost forgot is Lenor and Aegon of all characters to, to compare. They're the two who get the drunkest, but for mm -hmm. very opposite reasons. Aegon, because he's completely disinterested. <laughs> Lenor, because he's oh, completely overcome. Super, like more yeah. injured than anyone. And, and he's the most sad of all, probably in this moment. Um, Chad Summerchild says the Allison actress claims she's in love with Kristen Cole mentioned in an interview there was a cut scene yeah, yeah. I wanted to bring up two things about that one um, Another piece yes of jealousy Emily right Carey did say that Allison um, part of why she had been upset with Rhaenyra was she had this this crush on Kristen Cole which we really haven't seen represented on screen so you have to wonder my theory is that maybe like the cut scene of Alicent talk, getting ready for her marriage to Viserys. Maybe she says something to Rhaenyra like, oh, I wish I was marrying like a young, handsome man like Christian, or maybe just like an, a line. I don't know. Um, but the funny thing about that sort to me... Sort of looked at him like that, like in the tournament when they first saw him. Yeah, I thought like, she oh, sort of had Dornish, like, oh, he's but, like, but I don't know. Maybe I, that wasn't a lot, but I so, thought it was something. So, well, did I, seek him out well, after I had the, two uh, thoughts here. Yeah. Uh, so one is uh, they uh, Emily Carey has said that about Christian. Emily Carey and Millie Alcock and Emma Dar all of them have also made comments about Alicent and Rhaenyra having a sapphic undertone between them. And notably, Fabian Frankel had an interview where he talked about how Matt Smith, when they were filming the tourney scene with Kristen and 
uh damon matt smith said well maybe they're flirting a little maybe like and he brought up <laughs> so basically all the cast is Everyone's just reading all these head cannons into <laughs> romance between them and uh That's awesome. good for them i have more fun with it i don't know i ship it uh Kristen <laughs> and and damon sure let's go for it yeah. let's do it team there was definitely a little more of by Damon in this one, like the way he leans in on Carl. And uh, yeah, that was, was that was very suggestive. He's, he just <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about, there was a moment last week where Damon has a charged moment with a waiter, a server, where he like grabs his arm. The one that looked like Dave Grohl. Yeah, the one that looked like Dave Grohl. <laughs> and then we saw behind the scenes another moment where like this guy was sitting almost basically on Damon's lap. Yeah, there's a lot more. Like, a lot more. <laughs> and so it seems like that was something that was cut. Um, so that's what we're talking about when we reference uh, by Damon. Yeah. Matt Smith has his agenda to make Damon uh, <laughs> sexually <laughs> fluid, I think. <laughs> yep. So speaking of uh, these, speaking of Carl and Lanor, let's talk about that. That seems that's our next topic here. Um, mm-hmm. Lanor goes to stand in the sea. He's so overcome. I don't know why this upsets Corley so much. Did you guys? What did you? How did you all interpret this moment? Corley was mad that he's out there. Maybe he expected him to have more decorum, but I don't. I'm not clear on why he was upset by this. He got very mad. He's like, "Go get him! You know, bring him Go in. Get I'm your like, patron. Yeah, get your patron. I didn't. I didn't quite get that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't fully get it, but it was another moment of frustration with Corliss for me. Hmm. I was like, let him grieve. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or even if for whatever reason you don't think he should be doing this. Yeah. Why are you drawing extra attention to it? Yeah. Like, why are you do getting, it under the... what you loudly, angrily, publicly getting his lover to go retrieve him? Why don't you pull someone aside? Why don't you go do it yourself? Yeah. Why don't you get someone else who's more appropriate? Is I feel like he just makes really bad plays oftentimes. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> I would say I think Corlys was embarrassed to see Lenor having a show of emotion like that mm. and being a drunken sot type thing. Maybe being drunkenness drunken might be his problem. And, and so yeah. he had a show of emotion. Yeah, you make a good point here, Sean. Why yeah. Corlys would send his son's lover to deal with this <laughs> if he cares about yeah. appearances? <laughs> I don't think you should send Carl and tell him so in such a. Of, again, I agree with you, Sean. It was a weird choice on yeah, Corlys's part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, it's like I'm gonna show how important decorum is by losing decorum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I totally. Maybe it's you know, I haven't thought to describe his personality. I don't think we've like talked about that specifically. But maybe hot headed. If we had to, I think hot headed might be a okay. way to describe him. He's took his ball and went home early on to game on when he could well he's very proud i think pride describes a lot of that or at least helps describe a lot of that um okay so lanor let's talk about lanor this was uh this was really interesting a lot of twists well a one really big twist uh two twists really as part of it uh so he becomes egg kind of (laughs) he he gets to he shaves his valerian valarian hair and escapes. It's a surprisingly goes undercover. Yeah, okay, so before we say ending. anything more on this, Sean, do you think we're going to see Lanor again as our unsolved? I don't. I yeah. Let me, uh, if I may. I, I, I'm glad you asked first, him first. My, Good call, yeah. Shea. Yeah, yeah. Before you say a thing to influence yeah. him. My first thought was that uh, that Damon probably without Rhaenyra's uh, understanding or approval arranged to have Lanor killed. Uh, and then maybe with Rhaenyra's approval. We, well, Rhaenyra's the one who brought it up, like, right? 
Yeah. Well, yeah, she was like speculating on what we could do. So, kind of like Allison was speculating, what can we do? And Laura's mm-hmm. like, oh, I, don't, I, 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 I don't, don't think that was speculating. I disagree completely yeah, I disagree with your completely. take already. She was saying it needs to happen. She definitively wanted to do this? Okay. Yes, because he, cause and, he, he but, goes, you'll so, have to, Lena will have to die first. She goes, I know. It wasn't like right, a suggestion. Right. It was like, yeah. And then they go about talking, you know, that when the, in the screen, the, the scenes up, kind of overlap. Yeah. But no, I like, think I, very I was, clearly to me, Rhaenyra and Damon were involved in this fake death. They yeah. faked the death. Yeah. I don't see any reason well, yeah, to separate their knowledge on this. Yeah. Well, okay. So I was going to say that uh, she might have like, even if it was dark, this is my thought was like, they were going to be opportunists. Like next time there's a war or let's get him into a war or something like that. But then clearly, okay, they're just going to do it now. Damon goes and talks to Carl, but I still wondered if Damon was just going forward with his plan, how much Rhaenyra knew, you know, as it progressed, it seemed like she was. To me, so okay, well, how would he have been involved? Then why would he not be dead? Then why would Damon, yeah. if, if Rhaenyra wasn't involved, then why would he? Yeah, yeah no, well, very clearly, Carl, yeah. Carl gets this mission from Damon. This is something I thought might be the case. I don't necessarily think it now, but Carl gets this mission for Damon, which included like, Hey, you know, you can run off and no one will know or care. And was like, he's, well, if I can run off and no one will know or care. So can Lanor. So, hey, Lanor, let's fake your death and get the heck out of here. Okay, I, that he was protecting well, Lanor from no, let me cut Damon's in, murderous plot. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say, you're not alone there, Sean. A lot of other people yeah. also think it's possible that this was not Damon and Rhaenyra's plan, that this was Carl taking agency for themselves. I think if that was the case, that might have been better represented on screen, and I think it would have been a good choice if this had if there had been agency from Carl and Lenor in this, but my take on it is that Rhaenyra is accepting, maybe I need to have my husband killed, but she doesn't want to do it. She says you're a good and honorable man. She cares about Lenor. She doesn't want to. And so her and Damon come up with this plan to fake his death, which also involves killing a, a, a an innocent person. Which is but, why I think they had to be involved. That's because, why they're involved, yeah. is because yeah. Damon kills yeah. the decoy. That's how I know for, I don't. I have no doubt that I think Damon yeah. and Rhaenyra were involved in the planning, is because Damon kills the decoy body that they put into the fire, and uh, is how the whole thing works. Yeah, how would they put in the decoy? If Damon Damon's yeah. role in the decoy, yeah. there's yeah. no way around him so, being involved. So, so to continue on, so, to continue on, uh, they've staged their whole fight, you know, where they, they make sure that the that the young kid, that a witness comes and sees them get in the fight yeah. so that there's no questions from Corlys and Rhaenys because Damon and, and Rhaenyra do care a bit about that part of things. Like, they want to be feared by the realm, is what they're saying. Like this, this serves yeah. them for them to, th- for people to think this is the case. It does not serve them for Corlys and Rainies to think that they were involved. So they need Corlys and Rainies to not suspect them. Right. I, that, that's why I think they needed to have witnesses and a person that killed them to be someone that's not attached to Damon or whoever. And, uh, I, I, by the way, I do think in the end, especially because Damon did seem to be helping with the plot, I, I, the decoy part is a pretty big. He yeah. must be, but although it, to be fair, it is possible that he was helping Lanor get in there, and still didn't know get exactly into his own Lainor castle. That's his own castle. Damon Lanor lives there. That's like that's his, yeah, he's, the, he's the heir to that castle. Uh, so, but, so, remember he so walks in. He's like, "How did you get?" He says, how, he, "Remember he walks in and says, how did you get in here?'" To Carl, which is a weird thing yeah. to say to his lover 
unless yeah, they're why? setting unless up setting like up, you're an intruder yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. so that's how so. it points to me that Lenore knows as well to set up this whole fight yeah. that's why Carl slaps him open face across instead of, the you instead know. of like a real punch he slaps him yeah it was like hmm, that's not how but you so, so the- oh, now all this said by the way oh, well, I do think in the end I do think it is at least most likely that uh, Damon planned to for Lenore to not be killed Probably because that's part of what Renero wanted, etc. But I still, all that said, my suspicion is that we aren't going to see Lanor again. I, my guess is, tell me if I'm wrong, that's not how it went down in the books. Correct. And they're trying to prevent falling into this trope of the gay person always dies. Okay. I think that that's that they were going to just get him off out of the story without killing him. So- uh, more this thoughts for me on that. Um, yes, absolutely. They are trying to avoid the barrier gaze trope, which is a very real trope and something I was dreading the public reaction to. So I think it was a good choice um, to avoid that. But there are ramifications that it has for things that have to happen later in the story. We're not going to get into that in this stream but one thing will pose the question of well what about Lenor's dragon sea smoke he's got a dragon still what is going to happen with that dragon that's an open question for everyone that again we're going to get into on Saturday but I want to tease some of that a little bit my thought here is that we heard Lenor in a, the previous episode Lenor brings up um, the stepstones he keeps bringing up the stepstones and he brings up a Tairashi captain general named Rakalio Rindun, who has, a, who is a giant, has a big beard and wears women's frocks. And Lenor is quite delighted at this idea. My theory is that we are going to follow Lenor to the Stepstones eventually and meet Rakalio Rindun, who has, has this queer element to him that I think could have a lot of emotional resonance with the Lenor and Carl plotline as two gay men and Rakalio being this like gender fluid cross-dressing person. I, I feel like there could be something really interesting there. And maybe still Lenor does die eventually, but it isn't really the same thing as just burying your gaze. Maybe he just gets dies a, in the stepstone. Because he eventually. gets a, an arc yeah. of his own and that's better. So my theory and the thing I want personally is to see Lenor and meet Rakalio Rindun, who's been mentioned in the show and by Lenor again. So I think that that's foreshadowing for this idea. Um, so I, I'm on also- board with seeing Lenor again. It also occurred to me that this idea that, like, you know, there's other lands you could go to and people don't care about your name. Yeah, Tyrion went there. He wasn't exactly safe, right? <laughs> like, it, there's, uh, people will come after him. I feel like... It, it, well, it why? Why would Carl, they come after him? If he killed the son of the second most prominent family of Westeros, oh, the king... Oh, Carl. Carl. Yeah, Carl. Right, Carl is sure, not safe. Sure, Carl's not safe. But yeah, that, that might be true. Okay, yeah. so there's my other thought. Is that in the preview for next week, um, they say that Corlys was injured, um, fighting in the Stepstones in this time gap. Well, is it possible that Corlys ends up finding out the truth about Lenor being alive when he is in the Stepstones? Or just in all. Like, I, right my theory all. is there's a very good chance that Damon and Rhaenyra just tell them the truth because they're such important allies. And they've just killed, if, if they, they want, they, they want their cake and to have it too, and to eat it too, which is they want people to fear them for what they, seem to have done how are Corlys and Rhaenys not going to be among the people that think it was them like there's no way to segregate them from this yeah. this belief this rumor and so hang on so uh they could just tell them they could say look he's actually alive we you know we sent him away that, that's one way to maybe get out of that but maybe not on the other hand they, they may not have to because it's still there all their 
all their family are still on the side of on this side, no matter what. Like Bela and Raina are still Damon's kids. Jace, Luke, Joffrey are their relatives, even if Rhaenyra Rhaenys isn't excited about that. Corlys is. And they definitely hate the Greens. <laughs> this isn't gonna send them the Greens, you know. So it it's also aside from whatever sort of you know plotting or uh perception or whatever, they think their daughter and son have now yeah. died. Like it just seems like a a kind thing to do to tell them the truth. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, it yeah. seems like a very mean thing. Even if the death is fake to the people that care about them, it's real. And that includes Corliss and Rainey's, right? Yeah. So that's a really mean, like however mean a Amond was when he came in, you're like a pig. <laughs> just, <laughs> I killed your parents. <laughs> like you just killed your parents and your aren't telling you the truth. Yeah. Like, like Bela yeah. and Rainer are got to be like, oh, you know, that's, that's their, that's their uncle. And Jason, especially yeah. Luke, who thinks that was his real dad. You know, uh, right. Pretty bad. All right. Um, shall we move on to the next part? Also, I wanted to say I did run a poll on whether we would see Lenor again. It's 50 50 mm. on Twitter with like 500 votes. And so, like, people are super <laughs> wow. split. Like, I can't believe yeah. how even it literally is like 49 51% or something like that. Oh, oh, yeah. Actually, one other thing. Um, so yeah, in the book, it's. Oh, I should it's, run a poll in the chat. It's I realize. Unamb- it's unambiguous in the book, Sean. Uh, Joff, uh, uh Carl Corey stabs. Lenor at a public fair like out in the market like with a lot of people around there's just no ambiguity at all and then he escapes and what happens to him after is ambiguous he may have been murdered to cover up who paid him or he may have escaped yeah and Boba Damon is implicated or rumored not is implicated. it known who paid him or that someone paid him at it all, is or? suggested that Damon paid him but it's definitely not proven okay. it's like it's like a rumor it's like well people was like well because they look at who's who was motivated and since Does Damon immediately die in the streets yeah yeah it's his funeral, funeral it's his funeral that they're gathered for not Lena's because oh, he see. was the king okay. consort you know he was higher ranked that you know Lena's funeral in the book isn't quite as big a deal to the whole realm it's a huge deal to the family obviously but it's not used. It's Lainor's funeral they're gathered for. This equivalent event where all the dragons are gathered and all that. So similar. I, I, by the way, I want to say I, I know, you know, I, I, I'm unsullied. I don't know the details of how this plays out. I haven't read the books. I, I'm trying to avoid knowing too much. But I still speculate on what's going to happen. And Rita was picking my brain. She's like, you know, how, what do you think is going to go down? How is it going to happen? And I said, that I thought that something's going to happen to make everyone come together. All the families, mm-hmm. all the antagonist and someone's going to say something that they're not supposed to say and it's going to blow up and it's almost exactly what happened this episode. Mm, yeah you're right <laughs> i feel like i should have also guessed that this funeral might be it too yeah 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 but yeah no, that is a good call you're right someone's saying something someone calling someone a bastard or <laughs> really <laughs> thing about this lane or thing is that's really funny to me by the way is that it puts us back in game of thrones territory of gendry rowing yeah, she's just gonna row and just like forever yeah. wondering what's up the with lost air to drift mark. so i'm hoping for an interview behind the scenes or some comment from someone that Gives us an answer one way or another, like, yes, you will see Lainor again, or no, you will not, because I would prefer to not just be constantly wondering for seasons, like, is this the time that we see Lainor? Uh, you know, yeah, uh, it's a weird boat to be in as a theorist. In the in the book, no also, uh, <laughs> I think La- I think the sea snake offers a massive reward for information about Carl for what he did or whatever. Like it's like 10,000 dragons or something really hugely obscene like that. Yeah, what I would like out of this is to really see a plot line with Corlys and if we see him in the Stepstones and maybe he's there because he does want to catch Carl or he... <laughs> like I, I would like to see this followed up on. That's what would give me... Uh, that would make me feel better about it. It's a change I'm 
fully for, but I have a feeling that they changed it after the fact because the original leaks did not have this. And mm. so I think that it tested poorly, it like, or maybe they kept it super secret or maybe they changed their mind yeah. because maybe they were like, Oh, this is going to be a lot of drama. People are like, this is going to distract from how good our show is. People are just like, Oh, it's barrier gaze. Sometimes that's just the better choice is to avoid the, the needless drama. And it, you can see how they would have done that too, because it would be seamless the way they talk about it. It's just, you're trying to trick the audience and then, Oh, look at that. He gets away. Nothing that happened before that really except maybe the slap really you know show like you could have done it a different way i don't know maybe, yeah, the, maybe the slap, i don't know the body you know, replacement thing as well i don't know like, I, yeah so i still i would be curious to read interviews and behind the scenes discussion of this because i think that'll give us a lot of clarity to how it all went down like i don't think we can speculate too much on some things but yeah uh let us know in the comments if you i want to know one if you think we'll see Lanor again, and I want to know too whether you want to see Lanor again, because right. I think people are right that those are two different questions: whether you think they'll do it or whether you want it. I both think they'll do it and want it. Like, but I, I would say I like I'm like sixty percent. I will <laughs> say I'm like sixty percent that I think they'll do it. So I don't feel strongly. I just I just think it makes sense to give us like a, a, a for us to give us that perspective on the action and the stepstones again. Like that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. It gives them an opening for another spinoff. You know, there's a lot of <laughs> potential. Where in the world is Carl Sandy <laughs> Corey? Carl Corey. Yeah, where in the world? All right, let's talk about how to train your dragon person. Let's talk about how to and how not to approach Damon when you're using the word need. Viserys tells Damon, it's time you came home. You can have a place at my court if that's a need. And Damon is like, need? I need nothing and walks away. Meanwhile, Rhaenyra is like, Damon. I need you, uncle. That's the correct way to do it. <laughs> one, it's like one of those graphics where it's like, wrong, right. You know, Rhaenyra understood, cause, and it makes sense. Rhaenyra is more like Damon than Viserys is like Damon. They have a lot more in common. Uh, it gets him back in the game. It's like Lena's prophecy came true. Like you, this is where you wanted to be all along. You wanted to be in the game, fighting for legacy. Or just fighting. I don't know. <laughs> they, they go on their beach walk. They hook up. Notably, Damon has no trouble there. You know, no uh, no erectile dysfunction. That seems to be maybe a thing of the past for him. Uh, didn't seem to have any trouble with Lena either, presumably, given they had kids. Um, so We'll assume those are his kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess something. we'll assume. Save yeah, something. I don't look but anything yeah. like him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. To be clear. Cut that, cut that, cut that. Cut that, cut that. So it's another example of mirroring, like, of the, the inverse, the way to do it versus the way not to do it. And Viserys is probably sad. Like, I feel bad for him. I mean, I felt bad for him many times, but he's seeing his family falling apart. He seems... He has all the agency, but none of the ability to stop mm -hmm. it. He knows he's not going to live to see old age. Otto has expressed that elsewhere, and we know it's true. Like, yeah, this is a, He's going to see guy. old age, but at like 40. Yeah, his old age is, <laughs> is younger than most people's old age. He's going to see what old age would be like if he had made it to that old. <laughs> like, Sean, you and me are older than him, you know? <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine going climbing with King Viserys? I, yeah, right. Yeah, I was going to say I'm glad we look good for our ages. I don't know I, what he's doing wrong. I but. don't think he... I think after the next time jump, he'll be a good bit older than us. But <laughs> right now, we're close. Um, ne okay, here's a great moment as well. He is so set on peace, even though he's not great at, at forming it. He's got the right focus. This also brings us back to very early Game of Thrones, where Ned 
says something kind of Allison like, which is to Littlefinger, he's like, Do you want me to make peace with the f- people who tried to kill my son? And, and Littlefinger's like, We only try to make peace with our enemies. Like, who else are we going to make peace with? <laughs> you know? And what's sending between them? The cat's paw dagger. Because uh, that's the weapon that was used to go after Bran that uh, Joffrey paid for to be done there. And it's very similar to Alicent and Aemond and the dagger and not wanting to make peace and being like, look, you did this to my child. There's no going back now. And it's kind of odd how the roles are reversed there. Like Ned being the one who's like, no, this there's, there's no going back. And Littlefinger being the, the one suggesting peace. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. By the way, how long has uh, Viserys been king now? Since 101, it's about 123. Or not 101, yeah, about 103. So about 20 years. About yeah. 20 years, yeah. 20 years. Like, I'm not sure if the United States has gone 20 years in a row without being at war. No, no. I, mean, I, mean, I want to give him credit. Yeah. He's doing a good job keeping these 20 years. That's good. Well, they've definitely that's gone longer than 20 years without civil war. Like, arguably, the war in the Stepstones is kind of like, I don't know. It wasn't unsafe. That was Damon. That was the rogue prince. But yeah, he did he, send yeah. official troops over there. They never actually I fought. He did. But yeah. well, maybe they did because that wasn't the end. That was just the end of the crab feeder. It's unclear. But you're right. It's a good point, regardless. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Viserys is kind of misunderstood. I think that people continue to m- mistake how he needs to be talked to. Alicent gets it sometimes, but other times she kind of forgets. Otto particularly understands. He's he knows Viserys perhaps better than anyone how to properly talk to him. And his prediction when Alicent are talking and him are talking afterwards comes t- t- to bear, which is so. Let's jump to that. The, gr- the so-called Greens aftermath. I'm calling this section. Alicent is embarrassed about her outburst. She knows she's, she's harmed her reputation. We mostly talked about this already. People are going to think she's mad or violent towards children. Otto agrees with her. He's like, yep, people are going to think that. But I'm happy you uh, showed your steel here. And <laughs> he says that, look, you all this time, I didn't think you had the determination that you're showing now. And I, now I'm actually confident in you for once. And so it's weird. It's really a, a real metaphor for praising the wrong behavior right like how the game of thrones forces you into compromising your morals and doing things that you know are wrong but it's for survival in a way even though you're really powerful like you the juxtaposition of being extremely powerful yet also fighting for survival which is normally something that only you know that that having power normally keeps you from having to fight for survival so yeah it's all very all very kind of backwards in a sense. You know, I don't think we mentioned it. We mentioned it in our synopsis video, but it also makes me think of Alicent also had a little bit of an embarrassing moment at the funeral wake when Viserys calls her Emma. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? I forgot like, about that. Yeah. yeah. I did mention that earlier. But in terms of uh, forgetting yourself. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. It just shows his, also, his mental faculties are declining as well as his yeah. physical. Yeah. Thins the shield that we've referred to a few times. Oh, the, yes. the, you know, the one thing kind of standing away from everything blowing up is Viserys, but. He's barely keeping it together. So. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. That's a great point. It, that shield is everyone sees that shield as limited, as short term. As well, we better get ready because this won't be around much longer. I think the book fandom it was given a nod in this moment when Allison's talking about how people think about her now. It's <laughs> like a fourth, almost fourth wall breaking. She's like, <laughs> "Well, this is what people think of me." It's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that is it's, what people think. It has been this weird 
<laughs> this weird thing in the fandom to see book readers and show people who have these very different opinions of Allison. And a lot of show viewers are taking it back. Like, she hasn't done any of these things that you're claiming she's done and book readers really seem to think i'm sorry to say that it it makes them righteous to spoil people <laughs> like it's been a really like i don't remember game of thrones spoilers ever being like this in the fandom where people were seemingly big fans of the series and taking pleasure in quote tweeting and replying with huge massive spoilers yeah. i don't know um clearly no one in the chat is like that but it, it you're right Aziz, though that when allison says that like that is how like how different fans think of her yeah. and we <laughs> i think we've all three of us i mean sean is an unsullied she winked is, at the camera when she yeah, said that <laughs> Yeah, as an unsullied, Sean is really not tied down to that. But I think Aziz and I have done a good job um, to pat ourselves on the back of letting mm -hmm. go of that bias because we we were in the same boat as all these book readers. But just let it go. Especially young Allison, we were all sorts of like understanding with her. Like oh. it's harder to defend her now, but you still see still we still think it. she's an interesting character, fascinating character. We name her act the actress Olivia Cook is the best of this episode and uh, might not be the last time probably won't be yeah so <laughs> i can imagine a, a okay i should say i've been maybe some combination of careful and lucky to not be plot point spoiled yeah. by twitter or whatever but i have definitely been sentiment spoiled like mm -hmm. people are just so ready to hate both allison and Kristen. yeah and i haven't seen mm -hmm. either of them do something i mean no, again no. they're not like the most appropriate and heroic but they're not as villainous as five other people on the show so um yeah you and, start to uh, see it though here i mean less with Kristen. you're right with yeah Allison. and i sort of assume just the way things yeah. go it's not going to be as simple as it seems at first Agreed, but yeah. uh but you're right but, the, but for the example like talking about game of thrones you're, though the, yeah, yeah. yeah even a sentiment does let you know it's gonna something's gonna change or go south whatever but even i can imagine like i have a better haven't read all the original books my perspective is a lot different right but in a, i think the very first episode when Tyrion smacks joffrey around i'm like He's just a kid. Like, he might be a punk, but he's just a kid. But then by the end of it, you're like, okay, that kid, Tyrion should have locked him up. <laughs> but in that moment, you know, in these first couple episodes, Chrisan did literally did nothing wrong. You're trying to come you know, into like a fresh a, in episode. A, yeah, or come with a fresh yeah, perspective. Yeah, and people are just immediately calling him the you know the worst and you know he deserves yeah. everything he gets and i like, agree that was very okay spoilery. i guess he's gonna do yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh, too bad yeah I, I will say i even started to wonder did i say this a lot already i started to wonder like what is he gonna do that's so awful is he gonna I guess you'll is see allison gonna make him kill renee's renee's kids would he do that like i was wondering if it would but the kids seem to have grown up a bit and have their own agency so i don't see that happening now but I, I just imagine, like, I don't know, a Jano Slint moment where Kristan goes and slaughters babies. And, like, the way people <laughs> like, talk no about it, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, ah, yeah. he killed babies. I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see if he kills any babies. So far, so far, <laughs> he hasn't killed a baby. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thought I didn't finish before about Otto and understanding Viserys and how he's ready. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. Viserys will just forgive you. And she's like, okay, I guess so. And he just super forgives her. He's like, let's not talk about it again. He's like, she's like, I'm sorry, don't talk about it. He's like, oh, wow, that was real. That was really easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is another thing like, well, what else can I, can I get away with more then? It's the same thing we thought about with Cole. Like Cole got away with beating Joffrey to death and other things. And now, I mean, he's like, well, maybe I can get away with more. And it's like both sides kind of repeatedly aren't 
fully punished for their transgressions, which kind of gives them more leeway to do more. Uh, to be fair, we haven't seen the end of it. Like, in that moment, he didn't go off on her. He didn't banish true. her. That's true. But she might not be welcome at the next council meeting either. Yeah, there may still be some fallout. You're right. There may still be some fallout. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, so uh, Otto is pleased as well. Another thing he expresses is like, look, this isn't as bad as you're saying. Like, yeah, you, you, may, you hurt your reputation. But kind of in Otto's mind, that was going to happen anyway. I think in Otto's mind, is like, you were going to have to do some stuff anyway. You're going to have to, basically, this is very Cersei vibes, what he's implying she's going to have to do. Like, this is the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. That's why we cited this line, we play, you play an ugly game, you have the determination to win. That was one of the first lines they released, because it's Game of Thrones. It's the Cersei line writ yeah. differently. But same sentiment. You know, and so Otto's just like, yeah, this was always going to happen. Like, he's like, don't worry about it. You were already going to get this reputation. And he's like, what? I was? <laughs> you know, it reminds me earlier, you were speculating on, you know, what if it had been worse than uh, Eamon losing an eye? Yeah. Right? What if he had been actually killed? What if it had been not quite as bad? What if mm. it had just been a black eye? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then maybe Allison wouldn't have been justified in this moment, right? It might not have, <laughs> it might not have got to this point that Otto is kind of happy about i you think know? that like, if it had just been yeah. a black eye they would have played up out rainier would have had the opportunity to play up the he took vagar he hit the girls yeah. like yeah. i think that they would have yeah. had some moral high ground if luke hadn't made aemond uh permanently disfigured but that, that allowed i think that helped allow viserys to just shove it all to the side because he's like okay both y'all screwed up pretty big here yeah so i can just say you both screwed up so shut up but if one side like clearly was in the right it, it would be a lot harder to do that's a great point yeah. yeah so but in his reference he makes a he makes a very sneaky point and it, not only did Otto call aemon that rogue which is rogue prince which we pointed out earlier but he also says that the price aemon paid we would pay a thousand is like worth a thousand times what he gives and he's talking about an eye so a thousand eyes in one. <laughs> Booyah. <laughs> yeah, very good. Ashay immediately blurted that out when we were watching. He's like, a thousand eyes in one. I was like, oh. And I was catch. so happy. So I tweeted that. And then I went and I saw Chloe of Girls Gone Cannon tweeted the same thing at, like the at the same, same moment. time. Yeah, at the same yeah. moment. We were same brain tweets moment. at the same timestamp, basically. Yeah, yeah no, I was hilarious. like, hey. So, nice. so that was cool. A thousand eyes in one, and you got to be think. You got to think he's probably right. Like an eye for that dragon, yeah. If it's going to come down to war, you definitely would make that trade. I mean, that's I the biggest not. dragon. I, I'm on the record as n I will not give up an eye for a dragon. Otto would give up your eye for a dragon, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I would give up an eye for a dragon, but if I was in charge of an army and I got to choose. A thousand soldiers or a thousand one-eyed soldiers and a dragon. Yeah. I would take the thousand one-eyed soldiers <laughs> and a dragon. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. bat an eye. <laughs> you wouldn't bat an eye. You would, you would cut a thousand of them, yes. <laughs> you would bat. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. And bat a thousand eyes. <laughs> you see, bat in a thousand get a whole new meaning. <laughs> bat in a thousand eyes. <laughs> yeah. And, and bats don't... Bats can't see like those millipedes. Anyway, this is, we're getting too deep in the metaphor here. Hmm. So Kristen Cole, let's talk a little more about like a few other things, a few other random things like Laris's offer along these lines. He says, an eye for an eye. 
like you want you interested i can get that going for you <laughs> he's like uh, i'll take an eye for you you know that was an injustice what a creepy smile this guy has this, he is a great actor <laughs> yeah. he, so she's like and she is more you can tell she's more and more taking charge the way she speaks to him is more imperious than she's ever spoken i think she's like that will not be necessary <laughs> But your devotion has not gone unnoticed. There may be a time when I need yeah. it. Like, this is what I mean, Sean, when she's like, okay. Now she's just saying, okay, I'm going to need that kind of underhanded killer. Basically, like right where Rainier was saying about Lanor. Like, Lanor's like, I'm going to be the man you want. And Rainier's like, nah, you're not. Because <laughs> the man I want need is a killer, is a murderer, is an underhanded, and you're not that. You're too nice. You're too decent. You're too honorable. In fact, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need a, I need someone really dirty and underhanded, like like Allison has Laris, Rainier now has Damon. Yeah, and Allison just faced the fact that her protector, Kristen, was not willing to be her aggressor, was yeah, not yeah. willing to do that. And so she's like, oh, maybe I do need my two dogs my two uh my my sneaky dog and yeah my bulldog yeah, yeah. <laughs> two hounds yeah. yeah uh i i thought uh or what it her two gains. i guess only one, yeah, was, two anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> one was a mountain was it gonna yeah. stay uh, <laughs> um the oh i wanted to give allison benefit of doubt for a second there because at first again i feel like in the past and maybe still laris is presenting sort of a tacit threat like there's a carrot and a stick. <laughs> a lot less like, tacit. Hey, I time. can help you out. And if she's like, no, I don't want your help. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to work against you. She's like, she doesn't want that, right? She knows how dangerous of an enemy he could be. So even if she's pretending and try leading him on, she's like, oh, yeah, maybe I will need your help. Thank you so much. I ha- it hasn't gone unnoticed. God, please don't kill me and my family. You know Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but and even if I want to give her benefit of the doubt, also, as Shay had just pointed out, she did just go through this moment where – situations might get more serious than she had anticipated in the past. And even Kristen won't necessarily do what she wants. Now she felt embarrassed what she wanted in that moment. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a good thing. She didn't have Lars right there to do it. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I still like, can't quite decide how much Allison is giving in to the dark side and allowing Lars to be her tool versus trying to keep her on. To just keep him at arm's length. Side. Or, yeah. Because she he, she doesn't want him as an enemy, like leashed. I guess you're using the dog metaphor a little farther. Yeah, like keep yeah. him leashed. Don't I, don't unleash him. And I maybe feel she's, like yeah. if Allison was afraid of Laris to the point that she and not thinking about using him, because I do think she is afraid of him. Like I, I think there is that element. But I think if she was afraid and also had no plan of ever using his skills, she would have just told her father, and we would have seen a scene with that. But I, yeah. I think the fact that she has I mean, it is because she, she, she wants to keep this in her back pocket as an option. Yeah. She hasn't yeah. approved of, of, she didn't approve of the murder, but she might want him to take an is eye that, still, you know, like. I had uh, speculated before this before episode. After she talked to Otto. It was after. It was on the ship that she talked to Laris. Yeah, bef- it was after. It was in their chambers that they, that she spoke with her father. Um, I had speculated before the episode that, that, that we play an ugly game. You have the termination window was, was her talking to Otto about what Laris had done. I mean, like, well, that's fine. You know, well, we need to do stuff like that. But nope, that's not the case. So yeah. So, so yeah. as far as we know, Otto still doesn't know 
what Lars can do, what he's capable of. Maybe that'll change. I was like, why is this guy following my daughter around? Why is he here on Driftmark? What's his role here? He's yeah. not actually Master of Whispers. Which I think, and, and Kristen Cole keys into that when he's like, why is Larry yeah. Strong staring yeah, at you? Well, I think that's a good point as well. And I think that's something Allison is realizing that Laris likes her, that Larisent is something he wants to happen. And so that's maybe part of where she's realizing, oh, I have more power over this guy than I, than I thought before. Like, if he's act, got a big crush on me, rejecting him could be even more dangerous. But as long as I play it right, he'll be super devoted. Do you think there's an element of Laris trying to be overt with his affection, his him liking Alicent and not being yeah. surreptitious because he thinks he wants people to key into their connection? I think it's a little little fingerish and Kyburnish. Like, he wants to make himself useful like Kyburn, where he worms into her good graces. But Kyburn wasn't, like, trying to hook up with Cersei, whereas... Littlefinger is like, I want this redheaded, highborn woman. <laughs> and even, especially with, that, right down to Littlefinger being Lord of Harrenhal. <laughs> you know? I think that Alicent is aware of that on some level, too. Whether yeah. she's, mm-hmm. I don't know, playing into it or trying to hold it back. But anyway, I, I, it occurred to me that she included discretion when she was talking to him. I yeah. need someone who's willing to do that and is discreet. Yes. I think that might have been a little bit of warning to him. Like, you need to back off a little bit. It's also possible, That's we were talking point. earlier about the timing of the funerals. Like, it, another reason I know it can't, they can't be having the same time because there had to be enough time for Otto to show up. Like, for, mm-hmm. like, uh, unless true. he's got little fingers teleporter, right? Otto has to get there and leave with them to the funeral. So enough time has to pass. But he might have got there very soon before the funeral, too soon for him to observe the sort of goings on around the Red Keep. Mm. And he might not have seen what's going on with Laris, whereas Kriston has. He's yeah, been there all along. Because Kriston's her adult. shadow, her white shadow. He's her sworn sword. Yeah. He sees all that. I mean, like, anytime has... they're in the room together chatting, he's yeah. outside the door, probably exactly. aware of it. Yeah, Kristen has to know a lot and think that Laris's demeanor has changed since before. Mm-hmm. Like that, like it's yeah. notable to him that he's he hasn't presence, always been looking at her like Allison's that. schedule, yeah. their dinner. And I think Cole yeah. is meant to be right. Like he notices Allison downplays it because she doesn't want him to. She wants to keep that discreet. Maybe she doesn't want her own. Maybe she recognizes they both like her and doesn't want them to have an issue about it. She's like just. Play it chill, both of y'all. <laughs> you know, just trying to hud that off yeah, before and it happens. might have also been warning her a little bit, too. Like, maybe mm. he's jealous, but maybe he knows. Like, if I'm noticing this, I'm probably mm. not the only one. Just be careful about this guy. That you know? is true. That is true. Yeah. So. Grissom was keen enough to give the right answer when he was called on to cut the boy's yeah, eye out. Like, he's I'm, not just an oaf, you know, thug warrior. He, he's he got some intellect some observation skills, etc. I really will give him props because in that moment, I did not know what I would have said if I was asked by Allison to do that. Like, what, <laughs> I, I think I would have just yeah. not said a thing and not moved. Uh, but he had a, gr- a perfect answer. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, really good. Uh, so interesting bit of, bit of irony related to this is at one point Rhaenyra says, "I don't think Allison's capable of just cold murder," which maybe she would change her mind after the dagger scene, but. We know for sure she's probably capable if she's saying those things to Laris. Like, yeah, I may need this kind of service, which cold-blooded murder is right up in there. Like, Laris has done that. and uh, But she also says, this is a nice segue to them, Rhaenyra says, 
I think you're capable of it, you know, to date him. And she's like, you're, you're capable of all this kind of stuff, you know, as if to remind yeah. him, like, Lenor isn't. She's you like, know? you have a murder cowl. Yeah, it was well worn. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you've done several murders, you know, and have rumored to do others. Was that you with Rhea? Did you kill Rhea Royce? Did I do think Rhea? it's so funny <laughs> that the show and the characters were like, no, we can't kill these characters because they're gay. But this guy's fine. He's disposable. He's straight. <laughs> let's, let's kill this this uh, random worker kid. Like, I he feel might bad. have been gay too. <laughs> yeah, he might have been. I do want to point out, like that, Damon. Like, even if they're like making him be better somehow, I don't know, pitching him as more a protagonist. But don't forget. We start the series off with him being judge, jury, and executioner oh, of yeah. people on the streets. Yeah. Like yeah. May- maybe he magically, perfectly only captured criminals and gave them appropriate punishment. Doesn't seem likely. I don't think so. Doesn't seem likely. I don't think so. And, and even if they're trying to protect Lenor, they killed some random dude in a pro- and maybe there's some backstory. We know that guy was really uh, stealing from Corliss, you know, but. It, it it seems that we're seeing that Damon does not have scruples, respect for life, agree. whatever it is. Yeah. He's I do not think he's a protagonist. I don't want to root for him. I I, yeah, I, I, I tend yeah. to agree. I and mean, I want yeah again I want to highlight that for people who are like oh giving Rhaenyra and Damon props for this plan, they killed someone for this. Yeah. Someone Even though else they had let to die for Lain this. Or go, yeah. Yeah, like they let <laughs> Lenor go. Yeah, innocent. great. But <laughs> I don't think it's actually a, some laudable, honorable thing yeah. that they did. Lenor just it, abandoned his family. It's probably Made his family think he was dead. <laughs> like, I don't think this is just an open and shut. This is a good, happy ending. Mm-mm. And they didn't do this to, like, stop war. Yeah. They did it so they could get married, yeah. right? Like, like the they, next they're preparing day after for war. His yes, wife died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little time has passed yeah. till the wedding. We can assume. Yeah, yeah. they. Should, a little not time much. has passed. Not, not much. much. Yeah, like, probably right a week or he something. Waited a whole month after yeah. his wife died before he married his. Niece. You're supposed to wait six months to a year. <laughs> is the standard Westerosi mourning period. So yeah, like it wasn't <laughs> six months. Let's let's be clear. Yeah. So yeah. So there's a lot of bad people with dragons. Right. I mean, we got a drunken lecher kid. We got a, a violent one eyed kid. We got Damon, who we've got a whole list of grievances or ethical conundrums or, or negative we things have he's done. Eight year olds. We have eight even and six if they year are olds. Completely yeah. Yeah, even, moral, yeah. good guys. Yeah. They still might mess something up yep. or turn into bad guys over time. You're right. So it's, it's just, yeah, it just doesn't bode well, does it? Yeah. Uh, there's a really interesting shot that we saw a lot in the trailers of Rainier just gazing out over the open sea. It was a trick. Because when that scene actually happened, it had all these things. It had three dragons and a ship. So in the trailer, just early trailers, she's just looking out over the water and there's nothing. So clever, clever job there, House of the Dragon. That was a really cool moment. The dragons flying away with Vagar leaping off the cliff like that. Just <laughs> epic. Really sets the stage for we're leaving now, but you haven't seen The Last of Us. Uh, TKOK podcast says definitely had spoilers for Game of Thrones only typically it would be in the comments of an article about an episode okay so if you're reading comments in some online article about an early episode people would comment oh this is going to happen or they're yeah. setting up this event now we've had, since then we've had the demise of the comment section in articles in that a lot of those websites <laughs> turned the comment section just off entirely yeah. which uh, was a net loss I think ultimately I, I think that's a, yeah. a I, I miss the comment sections for articles. I do, but it was a hard thing for all these different uh, websites to maintain their comment section and keep them from being terrible. Yeah, moderating takes work. 
Like yeah. it is an it I is was a job. Say, there's probably a few people out there that are quite thankful. Yeah, they're quite <laughs> thankful to not have to do that job. But the the, the people that the, the conversations are still just happening on Twitter, which is also not moderating it to that yeah. extent. So like moderation needs to the, the moderation needs to happen at some point if a conversation is happening. Um. All right, one major remaining topic, and then one minor topic: the marriage of Damon and Rhaenyra, and topics related to their pairing. Rhaenyra says, fire is such curious power. Another thing that was so great about that, her holding back the dagger from Allison was when they showed the flame behind it to kind of emphasize the, mm. uh, that this is the ice and fire dagger with the flame in front of it, like this, un, this unspoken aspect that's going on behind the scenes. The Valerian ceremony was pretty cool, but uncomfortable because they cut their lip with obsidian. I'm like, ah, and then they cut their hand, which I, I'm squeamish about hand cuts and I don't. I don't love lip cuts either, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, they used obsidian, and then uh, David J. Peterson said that they used um, the, the the bloody marks on their foreheads were the Valyrian glyphs meant to symbolize the, the Valyrian glyphs for fire and blood. Yeah. As you see right there. But really, this is fire mated to fire. There's blood in the ceremony, but their personalities are both fire. Emma D'Arcy, again, that's the actress who plays Rhaenyra. They say... This is a terrible idea. <laughs> this marriage. They call it dangerous chemistry, which is a really good way to put it. Fire. It's classic bringing out the worst in each other. Fire feeds fire. You need like a balancing. You need some fire and ice to ground one to the other, you know, like, but this is. This is almost like fire and gasoline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Totally. Lena. And again, Lena called it the, the, their outfits are apparently really traditional. They're, Shay, what did you say that they're designed sort of like fancier versions of the dragon keepers yeah yeah they said they they used the model of the dragon keepers um tunic outfits as inspiration but it's also this like asian type of uh inspiration too with like the yeah, they said they wanted it to s- yeah they said they wanted it to seem older than the targaryens mm. they wanted it to seem like ancient wow. yeah, thousands of yeah. years old thousands is what they referred to um <laughs> as some of it as and uh we have a you know, I you know it's funny because I noticed people pointed out that we don't actually see Rhaenyra from the front and all of that, but in the behind the scenes we oh, see yeah. her headpiece from the front, and so you can see. Um, but we also in the behind the scenes we see this great concept art mm. of uh, them and their their clothing cool. with this uh, headdress she's wearing. And uh, notable in the preview, we'll get into it on Saturday, but in the preview for next week, Rhaenyra is also wearing one of these robe type uh, pieces of clothing, just like casually on oh. Dragonstone, like a red tunic outfit she, she's just showing she's embracing the valyrian heritage even more they're going full valyrian as the greens very much represent the faith of the seven ideology so i think maybe that's a choice by the showrunners here to to show the difference in their religious orientation cultural orientation the cultural background one of them is emphasizing more and all westerosi faith of the seven values whereas this faction is emphasizing fire and blood and valyrian heritage pretty mm-hmm. cool i like that um, there's also an element of maybe some nod to the books here and not fire and blood. I mean, a song of ice and fire, the red priests, the robes, some of the robes, especially the ones that Tyrion and Jorah see outside the temple of, uh, R'hllor in Volantis, they're wearing robes that are described a little bit like this, if not a lot like this, where it's like cascading shades of orange varying mm. shades of orange and red which is what we have here it's like kind of fading like it gets, it gets more and more orange until it gets red and when i saw that i was immediately what i thought i was like oh that sound, looks like the red sounds like the description of the red priests outfits in volantis 
You know what I really presumably are outside Volantis too. I really appreciated the like meaning, I guess, the the greater meaning when you look at the two of them dressed like that, which is just that they're on equal ground with each other identical garb like it's not the i I, I don't know it really emphasized that they're coming to this this marriage as equals yeah there is a little more it really emphasizes that they're family members (laughs) 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 that's a great point of because you're right like the the bride and groom like in our culture western culture they're very distinct looking usually usually have like the tuxedo and the white dress Whereas these, you're right, this is almost identical other than the headdress and like earrings or whatever. It's, it's literally identical. Yeah. So same clothes. that's a great, great observation. Uh, did I already point out Maester Girardi standing there with those kids? No, you did not point out Maester Girardi. So you showed the children I'll standing there watching this ceremony, probably very confused and like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, I like, know, why? Weird. Like, this is all a little too fast. But Maester Girardi is like, yeah, you know, come on, kid. It's cool. He looks like he's a pretty, I mean, from this shot, he looks decent, you know, like a decent maester. I don't know. And that does, slight spoiler, play out like Maester Girardi seems like a good maester. And um, we were wondering if he'd be cast, but it seems like he was. Mm-hmm. Is Maester Girardi Corliss's? No. Ma- no, the Dragonstone maester? Yes, the Dragonstone yeah. maester. There was a Rainier's. different maester on Dra- Driftmark. That's how we know this is almost certainly on Dragonstone. On Driftmark, was that the one that was sewing them up? Yes. Was he, uh, that was a different guy. That guy had a beard. He was older, so clearly a different man than this guy. It, it wasn't like a switch of uh, Orwile? No. The- Orwile's was- the King's Landing I mean, maester. Yeah, Orwile's right. the yeah, King's Landing Right, I'm just clarifying. Maester, He's yeah. probably still the maester. We'll see him when we go yeah, back to yeah. King's Landing. Yeah. We're in different yeah. locations. That's why we're seeing different maesters. Yes. Exactly. Um, so we really wonder, like, how will Corlys and Rhaenys react to the whole uh, Laenor thing? Whether or not they will be in on it, or whether they'll be mad, or suspect that Rhaenyra and Daemon did it separately. But also, depending on which version of events is used for the story, what are, how are they going to react to this marriage? As well as, how is Viserys going to react? How is Allison going to react? How is Otto going to react? <laughs> a lot of reactions are going to matter. There's, it may be a action item on the small council. <laughs> on the other hand, the reaction is going to be delayed because there is a six-year time jump after this episode. Hmm. Is there? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think I did yeah, see there's is... different actors. Yeah, but uh, we're in it with the new quick, actors to... after that. We'll yeah, see that's the last that. major time jump. There might be like a month or two time jumps, which doesn't even really count as a time jump in this. Yeah, but, but there won't setting. be actor change time jumps. Yeah, the final change of actors. The um, I I, I just wanted to point out the idea that you know R- Rhaenyra and Dama now getting married. I'm just imagining like Luke being like, wait. Who's my father? Yeah. <laughs> Which one's actually my father? Well, uh, it's like Charlie with the chart in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's really good. You're Targaryen. That's all that matters. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. Great comment from Eldrick Stoneskin here. I guess this is a super chat from Australia. I believe what A means. Interesting that in Valyrian weddings, they dress in red and white, have bloody lips, reminding us of werewoods and wedding the tree. That is a fantastic catch. Yeah. You're very much right. The coloring is very similar. I like it. I like it. And uh, that may be something we can talk about later. There'll be uh, an additional uptick 
in um, Werewood stuff and Northern stuff in season two. So we'll have to put that on the shelf for now. And But in the meantime, keep looking for parallels and opportunities to set that all up via discussion without spoilers. And on Saturday, we will have spoilers. <laughs> yeah, we, I, I will say um, people in the chat who have brought up things to do with um, Jace and Bela and marriages and all that tune in on saturday yeah yeah these are a lot of unmarried kids right now that's that's obviously that's always something that happens in the game of thrones when you have princes and princesses and alliances need to be shored up the discussion of marriage is inevitably raised so yeah we'll we'll talk about that later let's talk about the dragons for now uh as we said earlier more dragons than we've ever seen at once in any Game of Thrones program. Of course, there were only three total in all of the first Game of Thrones, so you couldn't have been more than three at any given time. We had how many on screen at once? Was it seven or six? Mm. Melees, Caraxes, Vagar. Well, Vagar wasn't on screen with the others at that time. Melees, Caraxes, Dreamfire, Sunfire, Cyrax, and Sea Smoke. I think all in this shot, six dragons. I think I can only see five right there. Yeah, but I think yeah, I remember counting five in a clip somewhere. I wouldn't okay. be surprised yeah. five, if there were six. And then we don't catch see, it, but. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. On this one shot is all the dragons we see, and then we also, of course, see Vagar later. I um, think maybe Melis isn't in that scene, or maybe Caraxes isn't in that scene. Mm. I'm not sure, but you can definitely see Sunfire and Cyrax, and I think that Sea Smoke. There's silvery gray right there. It looks like Sea Smoke, the one on the right, and then. Upper left might be Dreamfire. That's hard to tell. That one's just so hard to Mother, tell what's yeah. going on. That one's too far away. I'm like, I'm looking for Caraxes' tail. <laughs> Long um, tail, but no, I don't see it. Moon Dancer, we were kind of hoping to see. That's uh, Bela's dragon, but no luck this time. Some other time, I, I presume. Shay asked that good question about how's it going to work with Lanor and Sea Smoke now? Is he, he ran away? Will the dragon bond fade? Will he die off screen so the dragon can be ridden by someone else? Will the dragon just stay unriderless forever? There's, yeah. We have questions. If you yeah. go to his niece, everyone will be happy. Yeah. Yeah, like, and so to be clear, once something happens in the books, they don't have to go that way in the show. They yeah. could easily just have a different dragon replace Sea Smoke in the show. I don't think that would cause any great uh, plot holes. I think that would be preferable to me to the, the to the idea of two living dragon riders. But even though we've never seen two living dragon riders, that doesn't mean that it is impossible. Especially if it's also like I. That's my least favorite of the solutions here, but there's multiple solutions, yeah. and we will get into them on Saturday when we can actually talk about the ramifications and what that could mean. But I, I think it's very possible that we eventually, Lainey, that eventually uh, Lainor just dies too by the time he needs to be dead. Like that could happen. I don't know. Well, there, where there's sea smoke, there's sea fire. So maybe <laughs> they'll just add a new dragon called Sea Fire, and that'll be, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I think that's about it. One other point I wanted to make. It's kind of fun to think about with you brought up Vagar landing on the, the gathering spot because doesn't have full control over her and that dragon is really huge. Well, where are they going to store Vagar King's Landing? They definitely already made a point that Vagar's too big for the dragon pit. So <laughs> I wonder, this will have to be addressed somehow, like Vagar lives just outside of town yeah. <laughs> or yeah. something like that. Maybe they find a maybe spot Maybe Amon has to go somewhere else with Vagar. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. You're right. So we'll have to see about that. We'll be curious what they do. I'm sure there'll be a little explanation on that, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Well, one other thing that I touched on earlier, the idea, that conversation at Corliss and... Uh, 
Rainies were having yeah. about who was going to inherit Driftmark. At, when everything broke down with Allison attacking Rhaenyra, it seemed like at the end of that, Corlys is lining up with Rhaenyra against Alicent, which makes me feel like he's less likely to want those kids to inherit Driftmark, mm-hmm. which will make up for the rift between him and Alicent or more of an alliance of, you know, you know, putting him in the blacks against the greens. Yeah. Just one of the little plot point, thinking forward how things are going to go, what I expect to happen from that. Cause I was a little confused with what uh, Rainey's was wanting, yeah. you know, it mm-hmm. seemed like she was lining up with Alicent incidentally at least yeah not like i want to be allison's ally but just her wish would have been similar like override just like skip the bastards basically that which is what allison wants allison wants them exposed or whatever yeah so we can't comment on that because it's pretty spoilery but yeah you're right to raise that uh topic and point to that conundrum that difficulty that decision that has to be addressed one way or the other but i think that's about it i think that's our episode unless either of y'all have any final comments We'll start saying goodbye. Thanks to everyone who showed up. We appreciate the live support. I guess we had a new high for the year on live attendees. Yeah. Seems like every, just like the show keeps gaining viewers every week, which is highly unusual for a TV show. Usually there's a drop off. We're gaining viewers as well. It's a great sign for the health of the fandom. We love that so much. We're very grateful. It's a, it's a blessing to be able to do this for a living, to do this work and to have this much fun with y'all. We couldn't have hoped for it to be this good (laughs) and we hope it stays this good (laughs) thanks as well to michael clarfeld for the video intro and our uh, wonderful maps that you see behind us thanks to bran winslow for get a cat sean that'd be cool too yeah Uh, if you if you you have time time. bran winslow aka bran the builder for our newer house of the dragon video intro and music Thanks to anyone who supports us on Patreon or through a Spotify subscription, which gets you bonus episodes, occasional shout-outs, access to scripts, things like that. Check it out at patreon.com slash history of Westeros. Or, like I said, just use your Spotify account and get the bonus episodes that way. We'll be back on Saturday with our spoiler-filled review. As always, that's 3 o'clock. Joanna Robinson is our guest this week. That's the Joanna Robinson. Currently of uh, the Ringerverse. That's right. The Ringerverse. So we had Jason last week, formerly of the Ringer, now of X-Ray Vision Podcast and the official House of the Dragon Podcast. This week, we have Joanna Robinson currently on the Ringer. And we, me and Ashea, are guesting on X-Ray Vision. That's Jason's other podcast on Wednesday. It'll release on Friday. So we'll make sure to remind you all about that. Yeah. And Sean brought a cat, Yay. which rhymes with what I just said. <laughs> nice. Look it's been a little kid. while. That's she a looks, cute little girl. Look at little Cora. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> She's so sweet. You know, <laughs> I liked the description. Good. Ryan Condal was comparing Vagar. Um, he called her a grumpy old cat who's getting woken up. Oh, and, and did y'all notice that uh, that there was a moment where the, the subtitle said Vagar purrs? It was yeah. an actual yeah. purr. Like, yeah. So that was, I bet that was Condal's influence. They're like, oh, a cat, eh? Let's make her purr. <laughs> Fire-breathing cat with a huge gullet that looks like a, more like a turtle than a <laughs> grumpy old cat. Grumpy cat, yes. Aww. Check out our friends on Direwolf City. They're going live in just a few minutes after this. Or if you are catching this later, then catch them later, too. Mm-hmm. I'll and put a link of course, in the chat. Yeah, and of course, catch our friends Radio Westeros on Tuesdays. That's, I think that's at 7 yeah, they go seven. live. <laughs> and you can catch their excellent analysis as well. 
And we will be back soon with more. Uh, I did release that Kristen Cole video over on Indie Keeps channel. Oh, yeah. Make sure to check that out as well. That's a good one. Explaining why he was able to escape punishment in greater detail. Oh, I thought you were saying explaining why he's a hero. <laughs> why he's not the hottest person in the realm. An actual quote from Sean Payne. <laughs> Sean... Hottest person. Not hottest man. Hottest person. And he also said Kristen Cole did nothing wrong. He, he... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> At one point, up to a certain point. Yeah. Up to the point we had first now, seen him. Now he has simply done less wrong than anyone else. He, you know, he's done something wrong, but not as much as anyone either. else. <laughs> Even he hasn't cut someone's eye out. Luke did that. Right? <laughs> Luke is the most problematic no, man. Chris Cole killed someone. I mean, he beat someone Six-year-old child. I mean, <laughs> like, nope, we didn't see, though. We never saw. <laughs> Joffrey was already dead when Kristen Cole started punching him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah i was just making sure he, i was just checking <laughs> yeah he's dead <laughs> i verified it it's all right everybody <laughs> go back to what you're doing all right everybody ending on a very strange joke <laughs> we'll on see a, you all on a silly note about a terrible death yes well it's fictional <laughs> we can have fun with it yeah <laughs> anyway y'all we'll see y'all next time you know what to do valar reread us and Valar rewatches.